the la, whole cold. La, la, uh, oh, la, 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 What's a Boganoff video? It's like uh, la, la, I don't really know the origin la, of this movie aside from the fact that the Boganoff brothers, who are like these actors that got like really bad uh, they involved in Oh, I know those guys. I've seen them, but those look like Bart, like Ken dolls. Well, there's a funny thing where like like it shows a guy trading. It's it's kind of like a fortune movie. Yeah, I've seen that. And Boganoff's like deep. I like I like those. And Whenever like, I see those, I get really <laughs> so happy. He's like cold Vitalik. Well, they did another one where like a guy was like working and found a, a coin called Cum <laughs> and invested everything into it, and then like the price tanked to zero. And oh, that doesn't surprise me. And he had to become a wage cook at McDonald's. Cum coin. <laughs> hey everyone, this is John Seth, and you're listening to John Seth's World. I'm here with my co-host and Sean, fuck buddy, Sean aka King David. <laughs> you got that right. Sean. <laughs> we, we've been coming up with some like great show names, and I, like I feel like there's too many show names to actually make the shows. So just just for the purpose of getting use out of them, um, I told Sean that I, I kind of want to like go through them and actually read them to you, so that you can laugh as hard as we as, as we have been. Yeah. Um, so like let's let's review. Some of what we may have used, but uh, one, one that we uh, so we have bear market staffing company. I like that a lot. That's good. That's that's very funny. Uh, touch my asshole. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's his asshole. We have the uh, the the Bowmaster algorithm. The Bowmaster algorithm. Okay. Uh, Operaturn War Council. Oh, that's good too. I like that. That's yeah. a really good one. Operaturn War Council. Okay. Uh, follow your node. Follow your node. That's good. That's like the Toucan Sam thing. <laughs> we have the Holly cause. <laughs> that's really really offensive. Yeah. You're Jewish though, so it's okay. It's okay. We can we can get away with that a little bit. You can. What? There's a term for that. I forget what it is. Being though. Jewish. Well, like having like. Uh, the ability to, to say certain things because say really high things. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think it's called. Yeah, did we did we do the anal, anal wink test? Called the J card. Yeah, the anal wink test. I, I think we we may have named a show the anal wink test. I know we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> because I was <laughs> like, I didn't know that that was actually a thing that like people did. I'm proud to. Which I'm, is well, hilarious. Like my goal with with regard to anal winking is to is to spread news about the history of it because I think that there's like nothing more interesting than the history of the anal wink test. Mm. So. Um, which you can find in a previous show, so go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else those, we got? Those are a few of them. Uh, I don't know if we use Ponzi gambling. Ponzi gambling. Yeah. That's just it's very obvious. This one's less funny. But I, I do like that. The concept is is wonderful. Yeah. Wonder. It's a little redundant, too, because I feel like that's what you know you do when you're putting your money into a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know what we're going to name this show. And then follow your nodes pretty follow good. We had, a, we had another good one, too. What was the other? Dick suck rollback. Dick suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't have said that because we're going to talk about the dick suck rollback. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a risk I found in Ethereum. Just yeah. so anyone like wondering, we found, it, we found another it's exploit. A, it's an exploit. We found an exploit in Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, like, see, here's the thing about like uh, like exploits. I'm not a coder, so I can't find like code based exploits, but I can find social exploits. Mm. Right? Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, there's the dick suck uh, rollback, which I think is maybe the most profound and dangerous exploit I've found so far. Mm. Um, okay. So what's, have you, the, the, the Vice documentary on the credit card guy is back. Have you seen this? Yes. So I, I watched this one, um, and this was, the, this was a very interesting thing they put up, and then within a very short time it was down, down, and, like, no one could watch it. It was hard to find the right. actual video, and yeah. then they put it back up, but they edited it down a bit, and they took out a few parts. Right. And... I think you said the parts they took out were the parts that revealed 
a little bit of information on who this guy may have been and where he was located, right? Right. That was your assessment of it. Yeah. That. Well, I, I was looking at, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, I watched a thing the second time they put it up, okay. and I, I, I think that I've noticed a few scenes gone. So one of them was, like, they, they took out the scene where he was using the ATM or the BTM. Um, and so, because I think that you could basically identify the location of the BTM very easily. Second, mm. there was a, a scene in it where a bunch of people were riding uh, these four wheelers in the streets. Okay. And someone told me the instant that they saw that, they're like, oh, I know exactly what street that is. So I think that that was, for whatever reason, just a very obvious tell. Second, uh, a third, I think, I'm not positive, you should watch it, um, but there was a, a part in it where the guy at the door shows his gun. Okay. And I think they took that out as well. Interesting. And then at the very end, they added a whole bunch of like sympathetic material about how he's like going to get out eventually. I don't think that was in the original. But like, it's interesting to me because like a lot of the stuff they took out... Um, I mean, like it was actually. It's, I think they actually added a little length to it, if, if I if if I am recalling correctly. But I thought they were going to take out the part where the guy like takes the the team, the vice team, to the strip club, and like says he's going to spend his like ill gotten gains on like hookers and blow, right? <laughs> the yeah. Vice crew, but like they didn't. That's still in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it, it shows them like going to wherever the the club was. Boom. And you can tell that they're definitely with them. Which is what you said was you thought the reason why they they had taken that. Down. Well, I thought maybe that was it, but like I, I don't know because maybe maybe there's plausible deniability there. Maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe they like just went and got B roll at a strip club as if they had done that, um, mm. and said that they couldn't. I don't know. Like it it doesn't really matter. But like those, I thought it was interesting what I remember being taken out. So, mm. um, you know, if you if if it's just not taken down now, it's up. It's still up, right? Oh yeah, it's it's still up. Um, I think if you just kind of. You know, Google Vice, maybe like documentary credit card, you'll, how, you'll find it. Okay, it's in an article called How a Credit Card Scammer Makes Thousands in Cash a Day, mm-hmm. which is a, a subject you know a lot about. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so like that's, that's, that's a really, it's a really amazing, it's, what is it, 10 minutes or something like that? It's, like it's excellent. It's oh, absolutely yeah. amazing. If you want to, to see uh, an advertisement for Bitcoin, um, that is it. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, although I did see a better advertisement this week for Bitcoin. Really? Or not. Yeah. Um, this FanDuel has released its lines uh, for the uh, for their their new new operation in New Jersey, which has legalized gambling. Okay, and their lines are apparently. I'm not a gambler, so I don't really understand exactly how this works. But basically, the house gets a vig. Um, and I've been I've been talking to gamblers, and those gamblers are telling me things like uh, everybody in New Jersey wants a piece of this shit. So like they were saying, the lines are going to be crazy; they're going to be ridiculous. Um, so. As I understand it, can, can you clarify what you mean by lines? Okay, so so, so basically, I'm, I'm, basically, yeah, basically the spread, uh, like if if like what goes to the house, so it's like the credit card fee for betting, okay, if you will. Um, so I, I've as in talking to gamblers, what I understand is that like maybe seven cents to ten cents is really low, uh, and twenty cents is average, and then like thirty cents is criminal. It's like ridiculously high. Just everyone's surprised by per, thirty cents per bet. Yeah. Well, it, like, it like, like on, on each side. So, like, what is it? Be like, uh, you know, fifteen cents per dollar or something like that. Because you know, whatever you're betting, which depending on which side. So one would be like positive fifteen, the other would be like negative fifteen, gotcha. um, or one one fifteen, I guess. Uh, so, uh, I, 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 as I understand it, and like, if you're a gambler, like, you verify whether I'm correct, or give me the language to use, maybe in a future episode uh, where we can clarify. But thirty cents is considered like just ridiculous. But like, you know, it's it's like, well, I mean. You know, I wouldn't gamble there, but like you, Mr. Peon, can. Um, fan duels are, I think, something like 50 to 70 cents. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that, that's huge in comparison to those oh, other yeah. numbers. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. oh yeah, it's nuts. Crazy amounts. Like, Crazy fucking huge amounts. I mean, it seems like no one would use that. Well, someone told me that that basically like uh, twenty cents um, mm-hmm. per dollar is like break even. Like you, if you like gamble well, like that's somewhat break even. Um, so fifty cents. There's no way to beat the house. You just cannot do it. You will lose. Mm. You will lose your goddamn money. So I don't know what it's for. Maybe like maybe uh, they expect that like people who just want to make bets on like their favorite team, um, so that they have stake in the game and they want to make small bets with their friends or something like that can do that. I don't know. But uh, so but this is because New Jersey shit. as a state is allowing betting to happen, and FanDuel's platform. They're, well, apparently what happened is there. everyone got their their grubby goddamn hands into it, and so like the NFL wants a cut, you know, uh, Major League Baseball wants a cut, everyone wants a cut of the actual gambling. So it's getting it like is extremely expensive to actually gamble there right. because everybody wants a little piece. Whereas you can go to a goddamn offshore book yeah. and you can gamble for like you know seven cents to ten cents. Because uh, um, even if they, even if they legalize this shit. If the cost is too high, like, or you can find a better well, that's prices, what I'm saying. Like, like, why would you use why, the legal? Well, right? not just that. Like the offshore books use, use Bitcoin. So, like, you just mm. like you think that this is going to be like beneficial in, in the United States? Like, this is what's really funny to me is that everyone's like, "Well, it's it's gambling's legalized now, so goodbye Bitcoin." I'm like, "Okay, maybe I don't know." But at, at this rate, like, no one's going to stop using offshore books, and the best way to get money into offshore books is through Bitcoin. Mm. So, I don't know, right? I don't think that I don't think this has any effect whatever on Bitcoin, and I think in fact it probably like just increases the need for it because yeah. now we know what gambling looks like in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard that in California. Well, this is a speaking of a similar thing in California with marijuana, marijuana. The quality in terms of how how high you can get. Apparently, they're regulating it to where if you want to buy it legally, it's going. Good. It's, it's no, it's going to be shittier. No, I'm saying, this is too good. We oh, got to regulate it. Right. So, it was like, does does the does the good stuff make people too lazy? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you're. you're I, I can tell you're 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 sinking into your couch. You you smoke the illegal stuff. The the, the, the economic output's going down. This is probably in, what in it LA is or something. So they have to they have to like they have to. Turn I wonder. Down I wonder things. how much but of that people is are like, going to turn. But people are but like illegal marijuana operations. Like even if you're it's your local dealer or larger grows are still occurring in states where I'm waiting for legalized. the I'm waiting for the hilarious marijuana like uh, Super Bowl ads. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for those. Well, I'm, there's more and more ads being rolled out, even in Florida. Okay, it, okay. Bet. What's the first Bitcoin company that's going to roll out a Super Bowl ad? I would say Coinbase. Do you think so? Uh, if not, I wonder if maybe Square might do something. Could be. Um, is that a, is that a Bitcoin company? I think it's a company that uses Bitcoin. I think it's different. Well, if, I think there's a distinction are, to be made. So if you're okay. Or, or it's. Do you think it's going to be something? Bad? I think it's going to be Dash. I think Dash is the first Bitcoin you company that's so? going to. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Happening. Yeah, I think so because I think they're real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they seem to be very into like promotional. They shit. really want to promote their shitty chain. So like, and, that, and I, I yeah. do think that they're a Bitcoin company because like I think. Here's the thing. I think that when, like, I think if you're a scam, you're a Bitcoin company. So, like, I, I really... Right, because you want more... Right. The, point the is entire to get more goal Bitcoin. of getting Dash is to get more Bitcoin. Yeah. We're going to price it in Bitcoin. You're going to be able to sell it for Bitcoin. You're running in nodes so that you can get more Dash, so you can get more Bitcoin. Like, that is a Bitcoin company if ever I saw one. Yeah. Love it. So, I think that, I think Dash is going to be the first Bitcoin company to run a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. 
I think that's. I think. I, I think that's. I, I could definitely see that happening. Which makes them the pets.com of Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we'll, well, at least we'll know. We'll be like, oh, that, that, that that's definitely it. I really think that if, who, if who, I were who, okay, so who so, gets to be who gets to be labeled in history as the pets.com? Well, so, here's they, the thing. May, I, would, I would embrace this. So, <laughs> so Dash, if you're listening, uh, Amanda B. Uh, Swanson, yeah. um, if you're listening, here's here's what I would do. I would do an ad that is exactly... I know that... Okay, so all of you dashers, I know that you're like 12 years old. Okay, so you don't remember the internet bubble. I do, kind of, because I was like 12 years old then. Um, okay, so there was this thing called Pets.com. If you don't know it, go to YouTube, watch it. Uh, if I, Dash people, I would exactly mimic their commercial and do a Pets.com remake. It will go viral as a hilarious <laughs> joke. And if, if in fact... You do go under if if the chain explodes or um, you know uh, the Vitalik Buterin of Dash dies or you know whatever happens maybe maybe someone runs over your node um, <laughs> if that happens someone trips over a wire right. and the, node, the right. whole network goes down yeah just whatever, like maybe so, maybe someone exploits uh, Poloniex or something like that using Dash whatever the hell it is or you know um, and, and and Dash just goes to zero. Uh, you can say we told you. That's why we ran the pets.com yeah. commercial <laughs> during the Super Bowl. It was just you know just like just just mimic it, make it like a little you know sock puppet. And if you if it doesn't, if like twenty years from now Dash still exists and like you're going strong and you made a lot of people a lot of money, you'll have like revivified through, very very cheaply uh, one of the most viral commercials ever to be run on the Super Bowl. I, I commend you. It'll be amazing. Um, it'll be it, it, it would be art. Yeah, it would be art. <laughs> Well, there is a lot of art on the blockchain. So there maybe, is art on the blockchain. You can, maybe, <laughs> maybe that is like what the use is here. Right. You, 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 the Dash meme would be excellent. I think that this is the best marketing advice I can give you. When you run your Super Bowl ad, just make it a Pets.com ad and just like the return of Pets.com. You know, something like that. Just like really play it up. Um, I think that would be really excellent. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we we went to a meetup the other day and a an interesting guy showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was very talkative. I was like, oh yeah, very, very outgoing. Very, you know. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him until he. Uh, I well, liked him. Then I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we got we got a little, you know a Bitcoin conversation, of course. Well, and then and then midway through, he goes, um, "I really like Bitcoin." But I like Bitcoin Cash better because, and then and then I'm like, oh god, here comes the conspiracies. And then he like starts talking about core, you know, all their conspiracies, uh, the the censorship, blah blah blah. And then and then starts talking about like how he he hates Lightning Network because mm-hmm. you're required to use it. Right. I was like, Wait, that was, what? Yeah. And he's 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 mad uh, about Bitcoin because. Uh, in Satoshi's original white paper, he says that Bitcoin is a chain of digital signatures, and now a SegWit uh, that's been destroyed. Right. Like his his main thing was that the signatures have changed, which yeah. I hadn't heard that from Bcash. From I never like heard the... that before. That's a new that's a new argument. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what, like when? Okay, we all showed up to Bitcoin knowing nothing about cryptography. All right, guys. Yeah. And now now we're all goddamn experts about how like signatures are stored. Yeah. Like when did that happen? And when did anyone give a fuck? Yeah. You didn't come to Bitcoin because you were excited about how the signatures were stored. You weren't like, oh, this is genius. It really solves a really interesting problem about signature storage. I, I love this. I'm just dumping all my money and quitting my job for it. So excited about signature storage. No. No, you didn't do that. Yeah. And if you did, you're an idiot. And he was or like, maybe you're like Peter Todd. I don't know. Yeah. 
But that was like his real, like, he was really upset about that. So upset. Wouldn't hear, would not hear the other side of it. Like, yeah. And I don't know that there, I don't actually know what the other side of it is, but like, I, I just like, what the fuck, dude? You like, you come here, you're non-technical and you're like concerned about the way signatures are stored. Like, I don't know. You can have your opinions about Bitcoin or Bitcoin cash. I don't mind Bitcoin cash as much as like a lot of Bitcoiners, but holy fuck. My criticism would not be that like the signatures are stored weirdly. <laughs> like it's so weird to me that that is a thing that some people think has legs. It's a weird thing because like, you know, there are a lot of things that were changed like during Satoshi being around and after Satoshi yes, decided yes. to, you know, say he was, he was, you know, he was out um, or, or, you know, going away and, and left it to the devs. So, so like there's always been these improvements here and there that change things in very tiny ways. Segwit may have been a bigger change, but like it was, well, okay. I'm it's not, such a weird, like, I'm not super like, again, I, I don't want to like sit and represent like how Segwit works, but I mean, as I understand it, Segwit basically just stores a signature in a different part of the block essentially. Yeah. Right. It just kind of moves it over here. And like, I, I don't know that that changes the fact that it's still a chain of signatures. Maybe it does. Maybe that doesn't matter. I don't know. You it, decide. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that. I would like to ask someone about that because, like, that seems like such an inane criticism to me. Like, I, like, I you know, get, like, Luke Dash Jr. on or something like that and just, like, ask, like, what the fuck is that, like, criticism about? Because somebody, he got that from somewhere. And I want to know what his actual, like, what was, the, what was the origin of that criticism and what was the crit- criticism actually? Because, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's actually, like, a technical criticism there that I just don't understand. Right. Um, but, but I doubt it's that. Yeah. I doubt it's that. Because like there's um you know you you have a couple of bips that kind of describe the entire Segwit, uh, you know upgrade. So right. like, right like how, the the question that we're asking is more like where did that come from? Like and, and and there may have been some technical criticisms of like how things are, but like that that would be the thing to kind of get more information about. Right, I'd like, like to, I'd up. like to ask somebody. Um, but yeah, okay, so. A couple weeks ago, I, I made a tweet about like uh, Lightning being like like the first secure zero conf transactions. Just basically asking, yeah, is Lightning in fact a zero conf transaction? And then if it is, I mean, the way that the bonds are held, I mean, it seems to me that this is the first time that we've ever had essentially what is zero conf security, zero yeah. confirmation security. So like these transactions are essentially immutable. They're not quite immutable. They're probabilistically immutable, like all of Bitcoin. But right. like they are, you know, like when I give you money. Um, there are consequences to me trying to get that money back. Uh, you know, it's it's your money effectively, yeah. right? Um, so, and, I, and, and the money that you're giving me, like you had to take that from on-chain Bitcoin to Lightning Network, right? And that, like that, that transaction has already, uh, you know, been confirmed in in, in in Bitcoin. And then, yeah, basically, like any situation where you try to cheat or you know. It, uh, any, any, like, there's, there's, there's nothing that can happen within this, the state of the channels that right. would like make you lose money, or and, and you could argue maybe like, like that is a successful zero con, right? Well, and it's, it's, it's far more secure than like a zero, like an unconfirmed on-chain transaction. That's what's, you know, what's really funny to me mm-hmm. is that like you can confirm these transactions to the chain at any point, anytime you want. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you have a more secure, unconfirmed transaction, yeah. zero confirmation transaction, like. What's the loss? Yeah. Well, like there, 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 <laughs> there, there, there doesn't seem to be like, you know, the 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 the, the there, there's there's the, these criticisms with lightning that are completely like, they're it's based off of things that, you know, yeah, you see the tweet of 
the tweets of like Bcash people, like they don't really understand some things, or like the criticisms are, oh, uh, you know, what are the risks involved, or like you know, Lightning nodes are having issues, which. The state of lightning right now, like, no one's losing money. Like, you're not going to lose any money. The worst thing that happens is, like, in the problems that are that are being worked on right now is, like, routing, uh, you know, ra- routing in the hash lock time contracts. Right. You know, maybe some, like, times, like, your node has, like, issues, but it's not like you're you're coming across an era where someone's money is, is being double spent or do, do lost my, or anything like that. You know like what that. my big issue with lightning is? What? The, the way it's advertised. I think I think okay. that it's a big problem that we start talking about these like layer two solutions. I don't think Lightning's layer two. Okay. What like why well, is it layer two? Like this is like it could have been built. In, Satoshi could have built in Lightning into the main functionality of Bitcoin. It essentially is built into the main functionality of Bitcoin. It's it's sort of a side thing, but it just uses Bitcoin's like protocol to open and close bonds. Yeah. The, the reason you what couldn't do you, the original is because of malleability for the for the most part. But like, so what would be your parameters for like what a layer two, like what? This layer two is actually? Bitcoin. It's just fucking Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, layer two is conceptual, right? It's a conceptual thing. It's it doesn't actually exist. There's no there's no actual layer two. But the idea of layer two that we've always used is that like this is off chain. It's like stored somewhere else. You know, blah blah blah. But this really isn't. Because like, I thought it would be like layer two is um. You know, we always use like the counterpart examples, but it's a protocol that is essentially like data is is just uh, embedded into. Count- well, there's into Bitcoin, I mean, where you know, where's, like, where's the counterparty stored? Like counterparty transactions are stored in these federated nodes held by you know other people, mm-hmm. um, and like Lightning transactions, like they're they're just opening and closing bonds on the Bitcoin blockchain, mm. right? Like it's not quite layer two. It's not really like that. There's not like residual like poop. Left after like you've, <laughs> you've like you've like confirmed a chain. Yeah, these are just these are transactions. There's six confirmations in, and then you're doing interesting things with them. The way that you're manipulating them to one another, and that like that doesn't the data doesn't just persist forever. That's the beauty of it. You like lightning data can kind of just go poof. It's mm. not a big deal. Mm. So like it like whereas counterparty that data has to persist. Someone has to have a node open in order to find out where like those transactions are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I mean it's it's a protocol. So like all that stuff is stored on the blockchain. But it's like it's stored in the blockchain. Like it's different. It's separate. It's apart from like Bitcoin transactions themselves. Like the accounts themselves, they're like held in these like you know they're they're stored by like making transactions and putting information and data that is separate from the transaction into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right. This is different. This is like like the, the information once the transaction mm-hmm. is confirmed is kind of just gone. Well, you can kind of like imagine like if this grows Bitcoin in general to a lot of people. Like why 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 would you have a non lightning Bitcoin wallet or light non lightning? No one's going to have a non lightning Bitcoin wallet so like, if this grows. Like right. th- this is Bitcoin. This will be the Bitcoin everybody knows. This is the Bitcoin that everyone's going to be giving to Overstock when Overstock wants to take your Bitcoin. You're going to be moving <laughs> it from your Lightning wallet to Overstock, and you're not going to need BitPay to sit there watching the chain, monitoring the chain to make sure that your transactions in the mempool and is is going to hopefully confirm. You know, eventually, blah 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 blah. You're not going to have to rely on Coinbase to broadcast the transaction, which often takes like 10 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and like broadcast it to, to BitPay, who's sitting there watching for your mempool transaction waiting and then eventually expires your transaction because it was coming from coinbase like what's funny to me is you have these like these these reliable third parties in bitcoin that can't even like manage to like confirm each other's like eventual transactions coinbase for example and, and BitPay, I don't know, like they could have some sort of side deal where like Coinbase allows BitPay to know like that the transactions that are going to batch in the next 10 minutes. I don't know, something like that. But they don't even do that. 
You, like BitPay sits and waits until it comes into the mempool. Mm. I have had so many BitPay transactions just not go confirmed. Mm. They just nope, no confir- no confirmation. Why? Because like it's sitting there waiting for like Coinbase to like pay it and broadcast it. Mm. Which is really interesting to me that like like the beauty of a lightning node is that you don't fucking need that. Right. Coinbase could be holding your money in you know what amounts to a lightning node and kaboom. Yeah. Let it go. Although they're not going to do that because like I think that does pose a security risk. But um, I would imagine. I would, ima- I would imagine. Well, I don't know. They're, like, they're custodians, so they're not going to like let you be a custodian suddenly. Right. That's their business. So yeah. that was stupid. But uh, but but yeah, like I, I do think I do think that there's like if you're holding lightning. Well, but like ex- but, like you could see ex- like exchanges could have like you, if you're gonna if you're gonna like you know you, you're a trader you want to put your money on an exchange you want to like bet on shit coins I mean like you want to bet on shit coins. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know you connect you 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 open up a lightning channel with Bitrex and. Now, it, like w- trading up and down with Bitcoin, sure. it's just a state change. And, I'm, still, and, I'm still trying and, to figure out though, like you don't have to, and, 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 and and like if if there's an issue, like you don't have to worry about your funds disappearing. Yeah, but per that thought, like I, I am, I am not positive how this completely changes like uh, like exchange stuff because like exchanges still don't want to like release funds right away just in case like security. There might I, I, Lightning's weird, dude. I don't understand it completely yet. Like, uh, but there might be a way to like let people somehow hold funds and trade them in some weird way that like. The exchange doesn't really have to necessarily touch them for very long or at all. I don't know. Um, well, there might be issues with um, like the, so if you're if you're if you're doing trades on an exchange and like they have to record that data, the issues might be with synchronizing that data with like the Lightning state. Right. So there needs so like there's a lot of like issues. There's a lot like there's shit like that that is going to be where like Lightning improves in general. But right. with like an exchange, like you have issues where like. And I think Alex Bod Bodworth his Yell site Bob said Luff. that like he was like you know getting paid for his site to post like content and his own database for like these transactions was falling out of sync and not not be like Lightning was happening so fast really like, Lightning state channels were like yeah um so there, so like that that would be the I I could see that being like the issue. Where like they would want you to have, they'd want to hold the Bitcoin if you're going to trade it. Yeah, right? no, that doesn't surprise me. So yeah. I mean, like, but that's the thing. So like, like I don't know that this ex- that this changes things for exchanges so much. But I like if you're onboarding to Bitcoin and you can be in a wallet that basically does like uh, zero conf transactions with almost no uh, like sort of exigent risks. Like th- that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like especially yeah. if you're a hooker and you're trying to do you know backpage type ads. Oh yeah. But like, I mean, like, it's, why not? Like, just well, onboard everyone to Lightning. Like, I can give you money. All I have to do is pay a fee once to mm-hmm. get it into the to the Lightning network, and then uh, once I'm there, I can just let I can give it to somebody else in the Lightning network. They can give it to somebody else on the Lightning network wallet. Like, it, it, the beauty is that once money is like moved into the to, into the Lightning network and off of like uh, onto like the hard part of the chain, mm-hmm. the hardened chain. Like, there's a lot of cool things that can be done, and, and exchange starts to happen lickety split like instantly. That's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's you got to think of it, it's, just, it's just a matter of like the time to load up your wallet for Lightning and the time to take that money out. But in between, you can make as many payments as fast as possible. It just, it just it, seems it obvious just, to me that like most people are going to know Lightning Network as Bitcoin. They're not going to know what even it means to be on main chain, mm. right? Wallets are going to handle all of that. Like you know, uh, I don't know how we're going to do Watchtower stuff, but that'll all be handled. Like I just think that like people are just going to have no idea w- what all that means. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, think of like, 
Think of like when you when you're trying to like get people into Bitcoin back in the day, right? Oh yeah. And explaining. Oh like, no, well, no, it's really the... easy. Just go to CVS, get on the phone, and talk to an Indian guy. <laughs> give him this 14 letter code, and then he'll tell you to go to Dunna, and then go to your bank, yeah. tell them that you have a transaction ready for them. They'll look at you like they don't. You don't know what they're. They don't. They don't <laughs> like you have two heads, and uh, they're going to tell you they're going to lose all your money because it's going to an exchange in Japan. Yeah. And uh, you confirm that in fact you do want to lose all your money to an exchange in Japan. It's and then you go home, you pray to the Lord Jesus Christ and or whatever God, you know, maybe Vishnu, and then uh, wait a couple hours, check your account. Um, if it didn't work, call Charlie Shrem. Yeah. If it did work, then you'll have some money in there, which you can then trade for Bitcoin. Wait two days, actually, two days maybe, uh, yeah. and, and then and then you can trade it to Bitcoin, and, uh, and, and then, you know, you do... To pull it out to this long numbered wallet. Don't make a mistake because if you do, uh, you're fucked. But like you know, and, and if you and if you're not, if you have an insecure password, you might log in and find out that all your money's gone. But that's fine. Um, so like, there's like it was harder then. Yeah. <laughs> right. And even when it got better, there's still kind of like a waiting period of like, well, you have to wait for your transaction. You know, well, I remember when Coinbase always... happened. When Coinbase happened, everyone was like, holy shit, this is so easy. And then over the years, it's gotten a little bit easier. And like people hate Coinbase now. But like, I don't <laughs> think like the people that hate Coinbase do not remember what it was like before Coinbase. That's the thing with like Charlie Shrum. I, I don't necessarily love the guy. But like when when he was doing his, again, uh, what was it called? Uh, bit instant. Bit instant. Was that yeah, it? that was it. Yeah, I I, I, I can barely remember because it's such a blip now. <laughs> well, well, everything's also no. named bit something. Yeah, it's like, like remember what bit the... instant. When, <laughs> when bit instant was like doing its thing, like I remember, I remember like, oh my god, it's so much easier now to get money in, and like that was the process for getting money in to bit instant. It was mm. really like, it it was just fucking nuts. And, and Charlie would lose like every transaction I feel like. No, he wouldn't really. But like like, I, like transactions would get lost and like it was just very manual. Nobody really knew it was manual. Mm. It, it, it was supposed to feel automated but it really wasn't. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. But like it was so much better than what existed before that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Coinbase happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember logging into my Coinbase account the first time and be like, oh my god, this is the future. Yeah. This is the future. But now it's not. Nobody wants to use Coinbase. Well, okay, everyone, everyone, everyone hates Coinbase now. Everybody hates them. I, I, I feel a little bad because like they, they really did try. They did, and they did they did an amazing job. Well, Coinbase really made Bitcoin possible in some ways, in, in like a, like in terms of like its ability to like uh, you know be mass adopted. Like I, I have to I have to give it to Coinbase for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like most people, you know, Charlie Trump got us part of the way. Got. I, I want to know what it would look like if, if BitInstant had kind of survived. Like, what would it what would it look like today in this world where it would have to compete with Coinbase? Would yeah. Charlie have been able to like iterate and change it and make it look a little bit, you know, more like Coinbase and like have it like be a legitimate operation, or would it still be like go to CVS and call an Indian dude on the blue phone? Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a red phone, blue phone, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, like that'd be really like God. Yeah. It would be a different world. Yeah. Different world. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see the progress of how this is has gone, is going, and God only knows how well, you know. Someone asked me uh, if we could talk about these auto- automatic driving in, in Lightning or something a- like that. Autopilot? Auto- autopilot. Autopilot, yeah. like an airplane. Um, wait, wait, what, what is it? Here's the thing. You've, do, you've done the bulk of the research on Lightning, yeah. um, so I commend you. 
Uh, I gave it to you. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. You know. I'm well, a well, here's, so here's, for me, here's, here's the thing. For me, Sean, it takes ten times as long to figure. Well, kind of. You know. Here's the thing. I think that Lightning Network is so simple, even an idiot can understand it. That's my. <laughs> that's my assumption. So, like me, my intellect is better used on more important things, mm. like Fortnite, where I can save humanity every night thirty right. or forty times. Um, whereas your intellect, your stupidity is better spent trying to understand simple things like lightning. So I thought maybe you could spend, give us a, the dumb person's explanation of what yeah. autopilot is, and, uh, and, and maybe, maybe our listeners can uh, learn a thing or two. I don't need to learn because uh, I already know everything. Well, so. until, until they integrate lightning with Fortnite, you know. <laughs> well, I don't, need, I don't need lightning. Like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll do my best. I, okay. I, I might be wrong on sort of thing. Um, so when you, when, you, when you spin up your lightning node, um, spin if, it up. if you're going to open with a channel with someone, uh, or with another node, you have to kind of do it manually, right? I don't know. Um, with autopilot, it searches out for like, I think it's the average is like five different nodes, and it will automatically establish channels with them. What if the other um, node has an STD? Uh, well, then you don't have to worry because you're not going to catch that STD because that's, that's part of the protection okay. of Lightning. I, I like that. Um, is that a promise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the, th- the thing about Lightning is like the... Uh, it, 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 I mean, it seems it's pretty safe for the most part. The issues are kind of like connecting to nodes, routing. Um, like sometimes, like if you're if you're trying to if I'm trying to pay, you know, Al, uh, like Alice to Carol, and it's going through Bob. Like maybe sometimes like there's issues there. Um, what if you want to pay Xavier? Uh, well, then it, you have to do a lot of hops, and that might uh, you know be an issue. So autopilot is just kind of like your node automatically connecting. Um, and I think that the work being done on that, like, it, it kind of be like when you spin up a Bitcoin node, like, it automatically will connect to, like, up to eight nodes, right? Okay. Um, so it just kind of searches them out. And it, like, there's, uh, like, we're, we, we now have, like, instant routing. And I don't know what payment infrastructures look like. I don't know what, like, instant routing looks like when it comes to, like, other networks, or, like, how that works. But there, like, that is where a lot of this work is being done. And it seems like... Is there like There's, a weird possibility to like attack the node infrastructure on Lightning Sibly? Well, Sibly? Um, there are. Uh, <clears throat> well, like, I, I assume the answer is no. By the way, because like right, because otherwise it would, the finest minds of Bitcoin have designed it. Yeah. Well, like, like Poon. Yeah, I don't. You can't really. There's there's nothing really like DOSing because like even if you have like malicious nodes, like there's 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 only so much that they could do that would be like malicious in these cases and there's always like ways to like route around them like for example like uh so network capacity of lightning like pretty much doubled within like the last like week or so but it's mostly coming from one guy who put up like 35 bitcoin on his nose yeah that's that's amazing man i was was watching that so what like what's the danger here why is everyone so afraid of this because this this like a lot of people think this guy's a malicious actor he's a bcash supporter right well he's he is it seems like he's a bcash supporter he's the guy that runs shitcoin.com and he seems to be like tied to Roger in some capacity. He says he's doing this because he really wants to like do a review of Lightning and see how it operates. Um the danger is that he might find a way or 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 forge um doing something that where he like loses money or it makes it look like the Lightning network is like like has that a be big like flaw. Well, that'd be fine. Let's see. Like, if it has a flaw, we need to find it. So, like, I, I commend this guy for putting up thirty-five Bitcoin to try and, uh, you know, root out this flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it will be hilarious if he loses it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he 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 might be able to do that. He might be able to kind of establish like a large presence on 
the network. Uh, Watch him like become a, a Bitcoin supporter because Lightning Network works so well. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's really what well, would maybe be funny. that happens. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know like if it's a conspiracy or not to like suggest that like he might be trying to do something malicious, but it, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think, I think anyway, like it's, it's if if they're if he's going to try to do a stress test of, of Lightning, sounds good to me. It sounds good. We, we, um, you know, Bitcoin. Who was it that did that? We don't know, but like someone tried a, a stress test of uh, Bitcoin, and mm-hmm. you know. It was. It took. A, it took. It was like a two-year stress test, and I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. Um, so there's a great interview, by the way. Uh, a Christian Decker of Blockstream uh, talks a little bit about uh, Bitcoin Lightning Network, mm. and uh, what was really interesting about it to me was there's a, a moment in it where he talks about how Blockstream basically had designed all of Lightning Network, and then they were scooped by Dryja and Poon, which I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. You mean like they actually had like the a lot of the yeah they were they were they were exactly they were like they pretty much they called it something different there were a couple small differences but like they basically had designed the same system and were scooped so I mean like I I think that's I think the point is that like look like there are there there are ideas whose time have come Mm. and that's the thing about development everyone's like wondering like how to solve problems in Bitcoin everyone's trying to find these problems and there there's so there's enough competent people that are looking that oftentimes like two or three people are going to come up with like answers that are 90% similar and the first one to the drawing board or the first one to get like mass acceptance really is the one that wins and uh, the protocol kind of like you know grows from there um, or is developed from there which I think is really interesting you know even in Bitcoin because like this is a technology mm. that's kind of made out of whole cloth it's like two people discovering a you know a, a workaround in Google's algorithm or something like that but yeah um, I think it's I think it's amazing oh yeah. yeah but it's a great interview so like if you I mean well the interview, the interview itself is fine, um, but like listening to Christian talk about that was uh, was kind of a neat thing. So it, it's it's Christian Decker of Blockstream explains uh, Bitcoin's Lightning Network. As I think the that's interesting YouTube video because he he and uh, he and Rusty are mostly working on that C like the, like the Blockstream implementation of it. Um, just side note, but like that's huh, that's interesting. It's also like it's one of those things where like I, like like because there was a there was a conference that happened recently. I forget the name of it, like the B O B some Bitcoin on beers or uh, something and uh it was a lot of like core devs talking about like different like there's some, there's a lot of privacy features coming up and like you know good things like that and they talk about lightning um you know you also have like some of these side chain projects that they're still working on like uh what like the liquid like liquid like liquid what's funny is like you keep seeing liquid being used and i i think like it's allegedly like exchanges are using it um, I just don't know how that stuff like is actually being used and how it might be used versus like. Well, liquid's funny because like it, it might be getting used. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it is. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it isn't. But um, it was still funny when it was proposed that the security of liquid is going to be based on thermite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm sure that I'm sure that the design change is like very different than it, it was originally. Um, but like that was that was in my opinion uh, pr- probably a Greg Maxwell. Uh, invention, the idea of like thermite boxes. Um, I, I have a, I have a feeling, and I haven't confirmed this. I, I should probably ask Greg, but like, I have a feeling that Greg has like this obsession with like James Bond style security uh, for like okay. Bitcoin based things. Um, just, just from what I've heard from a number of people in terms of like designs that he's proposed for like security. <laughs> 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 things like buying a nuclear silo dropping a box down there and then having like one cord come out and like someone monitoring uh whether the cord is like still there and like sending electricity through and then pouring cement on top of whatever the thing is that they're trying to secure all the way like filling the silo of cement that's so crazy 
That's that, such an elaborate way to right. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think that I think that's like I think that these are like uh, Greg Maxwell like ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I like I like the ingenuity. I like the desire to like have hilarious uh, uh, like security through uh, uh, obfuscation. Yeah. I think all of that is wonderful. It's the funniest thing in the world, and uh, and it's very Bitcoin. It's yeah. as Bitcoin as it gets. That's funny. Um, but, oh, here's my other question: What what is a different? I'm, I'm still trying. Like we said this before, that like anything that is in another cryptocurrency that like we like, we can kind of import into Bitcoin. And I think people ask, like, well, give me an example, of something that's you know that's happened. What is a difference? Like with the routing on Lightning, what's the difference here in terms of what Lightning does and what Ripple claims to do? Right. I I don't. Uh, I mean, like, well, what what are Ripple's claims that it can it can route payments instantly and fast? Isn't and that the entire claim of Ripple is that it routes payments through the most efficient providers of those payments, right. and then on the other side, it like you get a payout, and that those payments all along the way are like, you know, through XRP are, are just basically managed through the software. Yeah, that seems to me to literally be what Lightning is doing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think you're right. Like, it, it's. Like what? What? What is the what? What is the thing that Ripple can claim it's doing that it, that like Lightning isn't going to be? I, I don't right, know. You know. I think I think that like Ripple is going to claim that they have X Ripple, which I, I don't think or X X Rapid. That's what X Rapid. I think that they're going to claim they have X Rapid, um, and that that's like the the big innovation of Ripple. I don't think that X Rapid is that much of an innovation. In fact, it probably isn't any innovation. Mm. And if there is any value in what Ripple has done, I think whatever they have done, you can probably now do with Lightning Network more efficiently. That mm. is. That is going to. That is my assumption. I don't know it for sure, but I am going to. I'd put money on that. Yeah, I'd put money on that. And you have like funny things too, of like like Stellar saying that they were going to enter. I love Lightning. Stellar. Stellar's my favorite. It's it's the best. There's like, such a shit coin. I love it. There's such a pumpy shit coin, and it's just the my favorite pump because well, it's Silicon Valley's pumpy shit coin. Oh yeah, like if we're gonna have like an e coin type thing, like I don't want it to be Ripple. I want it to be Stellar. Did you sure. see that? Did you see that like a parent episode on? Uh, I don't know where it was Showtime or something where uh, they were. <laughs> they I didn't were, see. I didn't. See, I saw someone talking it about it, but so, I didn't see that. What is what, it confirmed that this is real? I don't know. Okay, I didn't, so I didn't someone watch released it. it. It's like uh, there's a moment in this video. I don't know what show it's from, but it's apparently some crappy show on TV. And uh, and and they're like they need. There's the hackers. They're in the computer. What they want money. What are we gonna pay them with? And the lady goes like, Bitcoin and Ethereum are just too volatile. Use Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? It was so funny. It's like, what? <laughs> Who writes I, this shit? Right. Did, did, did Wayne like pay somebody? Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get the audio for it. It's it's just one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in like TV. It, it was I was like, oh my god, that's it was so funny, Sean. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Because it's like, who the fuck would have thought like to say? Well, I don't know. Like, like I, I feel like they, they like go through like a list of like. Um, of like fucking like cryptocurrency, like this is the one. This is the one that we'll use. There's so many choices. Tyrion, EOS, like like bit shares, like Neo. It's just like so, so funny to use Tyrion. Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find this because like it was it, it made me laugh so hard. If I can get the audio, like uh, you'll all laugh as well. So um, anyhow. Uh, Oh, there were dude. There were drug busts. In there are a week. couple of tell, these. T- tell me about it. Um, we had the Justice Department with a few different agencies getting twenty mil in Bitcoin in a drug bust. Um, so I guess ICE. I mean, like this kind of get 
nothing in like the immigration stuff, but like ICE has a Homeland Security Investigations Division that is working on uh, basically they had something called Operation Dark Gold, where and this actually may have been the same one, but like they they uh, they they took down a bunch of darknet market sites, and including gold for some reason. Gold. So they were able to confiscate gold from some of these vendors, which I don't know if that's like I what like they were the, transacting. No, I think in. that's good. I think that I think it's good that these like uh, we're learning that the darknet markets are diversifying their yeah. holdings. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then oh, and then it came out the other day that uh, so Robert Mueller was. Uh, Indicting some of these Russian intelligence oh, they're officers, all using, they're all using and they're Bitcoin. all using yeah, Bitcoin to that. pay for like their servers and all, like all their other shit and, and everything, which is hilarious because, like, <laughs> like people were making a okay, big so, deal. Okay, so the show, by the way, is called Queen of the South. Oh, that sounds great. And apparently, it episode July fifth, or oh. it, it episoded, it aired July fifth. It episoded. It episoded. It episoded all over the television. It sure did. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the clip here because it, it's it's fucking just priceless I, I like i peed my pants when i heard it I, I don't know if it's true i think it's true i want someone to confirm whether it's true but uh here, here's the very end of this let's say you want to deposit three million into my account and i purchase three million in which coin do you prefer ethereum and bitcoin have too much movement i'm thinking Ethereum. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh Tyrion. my god i'm thinking Tyrion. Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> It's like how if that's gonna happen, it's so funny to me. Well, <laughs> are they trying well, to say something well else done, that they made man. up, and it's just it's just coincidental? No, it's, or? it's just fucking Tyrion. They it's said Tyrion. Tyrion. Well, how how who who? I don't know. I want to know. This how is, far down on Coin Market Cap do they have to scroll to find I the don't name? No, like, like Tyrion might be on the first page, though. I don't know. Like I don't think so. No, I, it might be coinmarketcap.com. I'm, I'm going right now. Fairly certain Tyrion's Dude, on there. You, what do you know? Are you an investor? If Tyrion's on the front page of Coin Market Cap, will you give me an ice cream? I'll give you an ice cream, but that okay. means it pamped the fuck ton. Yeah, because not. last time I checked, Tyrion was like not. <laughs> it was not very high up on the list. I hate ice cream, anyways. So I don't. Want um, and plus, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum move too much, so <laughs> so we have to we, we'll go with Tyrion. <laughs> Bitcoin and Ethereum have too much movement. Yeah, I think Tyrion. <laughs> oh, I gotta grab that clip. Bitcoin and Ethereum have too much movement. That's so fucking funny to me. I just I can't believe that. I, like I was I was listening. I was like, oh my god. Like that's so funny. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta I gotta hand it. If Wayne did that, that's amazing. If Wayne didn't do that, that's amazing. Um, congratulations. What shitty is it? Like some shitty show at USA? I don't know what it is, it's, but it's it's fucking funny. They need more of that. I think they need like we need more cryptocurrencies named <laughs> like yeah. that on like network TV. I'm thinking. Tyrion. <laughs> well, we definitely need more of that because uh, that same guy from the meetup, I found out that he first heard about Bitcoin from the Good Wife. Oh, really? Like, yeah, we definitely like. I want to like. I want to go. Which is some show do you think in the future? Watch? Do you think in the future there's going to be someone who's like, I came to Bitcoin through the show <laughs> where they mentioned Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like that's going to happen. Like, someone's going to show up and be like, yeah, Tyrion, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I got in Bitcoin. I was really into Tyrion. I was, like, looking at it. And I was like, Bam, man, that's that's the future right there, Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew it because I watched it on this Queens of something uh, show. <laughs> Queen, Queen of the South. Yeah. I want to know, like, I, I think it was Dante who actually found this. 
Um, Dante, why? Dante, I know you're listening because uh, <laughs> you're I, like you're in prison, right? That's the, we didn't we didn't announce it. So Dante, uh, oh, yeah, we I, I forgot about that. Don, I forgot Dante was part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just been so long. Okay, so Don, the last update, just to give you an update, Dante went to England to rescue Tommy Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, incidentally. Uh, he punched a cop. Yeah. Uh, he, he he first he broke into the prison, uh, and then he, he he broke the doors open. He he got Tommy Robinson most of the way out of prison. On the way out, he punched a cop, got arrested, and now they're in a jail cell together. Mm-hmm. All right. So and that's um, why and Trump went over there to get Dante. Out. Trump got Trump went over there to get Dante yeah. out. That's the secret part that we haven't heard reported. Yeah. He mentioned Tommy Robinson, but really, like he's he's on an ambassador mission to get Dante out. This is an international incident. Um, good luck to you, Dante. We. Our prayers are with you. We still have zero dollars in the in the legal defense fund. For- <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's I mean that's uh, like I, I understand we why should, people should. don't do it. It's, it. Dante's a broken asset, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's 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 never going to not be in prison. There's yeah. always going to be a possibility that we have to dip into that legal defense fund. It's it's sort of an infinite black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know like guys. You could at least show that you care a little bit. That said, uh, I think Dante's going to be in prison for a little while longer. Trump's out there trying to get him. I think that that's. I, I don't know to what uh, to what uh, success that will be. I I don't know, but I'm hoping that Dante is able to get out of prison soon. Um, this is time number three this year, mm-hmm. and um, I I just I, I I I pray for Dante. You know, I really I'm worried about him. I think Dang. that. I think that with his demeanor, his penchant for turtle soup, and uh, and the way that he generally um, is is willing to uh, basically kill anything in his way, uh, I, I think that I think that he's very much in danger in yeah. prison. Right? And I think if you want, you can send to the fun Tyrion. Send Tyrion to the fun. <laughs> in fact, Dante 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 messaged us this week. He says he prefers Tyrion. Yeah. Um, so he was forced, as I understand it, he's been forced to watch this Queen of the South uh, video in prison. <laughs> and, um, I think it was an alternative to anal. And uh, and so, like, they made him watch this. I think he actually sent it on to us. I, I, I don't know how he got it. He must have smuggled one of those, like, butt cell phones in. Yeah. And uh, he was able to send it to us. And this is, I mean, this this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was so fucking funny. So... Uh, thank you, Dante. Uh, I know you're listening. Um, we we can't wait to have you back. Yeah. So you know, give me a call when you get out. Uh, give me a call. I know that you wasted your call uh, <laughs> and called your wife, uh, but that that's okay. Um, but we we can't wait to have you back. So yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is this is a really funny thing. I can't believe like the, the way that like cryptocurrency is represented on TV is hilarious to me. Oh like, yeah. Nobody knows what the shit is. They just kind of pick random stuff from well, like here or there, or wherever. A lot of this, sh- a lot of these shows do a fuck, you know, shitty job of representing like tech and cybersecurity so in general. Funny. Like she, like there was another part in the thing where she like input like they had her input a fifty two <laughs> character. I was like, well, that's like, right after that. I can like, he's <laughs> like, yeah, your 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 signature protected by a fifty four character code. Yeah, put it in now. He's <laughs> like, we just put it in. Yeah, just like j- just choose it. Just pick, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So, uh, but like, just how it's going to be represented, like in the years to come. I just think this going like, to happen more and more. I, like, I can't wait. see weird shit like that. Right, I'm waiting for someone who actually understands how these things work to like write a sci-fi novel that incorporates them because I think there's like a lot of really good work here that like could be done. That like I don't know robots who like take people hostage in exchange for Bitcoin, they'll release them or something like that, right? Like just weird. There's weird stories that people could write about this. Uh, you know these weird hacker groups that are taking computers over. Like you're t- like the ability to have like autonomous robots and 
you know, I just think there's so much like dystopian literature that could be written about like things you could do with Bitcoin that are a little implausible, but very, very mm. much more real yeah. than they've ever been in, you know, the history of humanity. The show, the show, Mr. Robot had Bitcoin and Ecoin in it. That's why when people refer to Ripple as Ecoin, it comes from that show. And, um, oh yeah, I've seen that. Like, yeah. Which, which is about Mistero. like a hacker. So he, like they did a good job on like yeah I, I think I think like, that there's you know. like so much possible like literature here and I'm just amazed that like you know we we still really don't have like a lot of books that mention them other than like tangentially I think that Bitcoin could be like the center of the story mm-hmm. for for something uh, going on here in the future this is so easy like just routing payments fine but like the idea of like autonomous robots that's awesome like someone's got to write that book come on guys yeah yeah anyhow um so anyhow so these drug busts are going on the gold darknet bust uh what else we got here. Well, there was the Russian intelligence thing. Oh, that's great, too. Which is always, like, a fun thing to see, like, you know, like, government officials. I mean, it's the Russians, but, like... I like when government officials use Bitcoin. That's that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's... I don't know. It's just just funny to see. Like, it just... It makes sense. The Robert Mueller has principally used Bitcoin when purchasing servers, registering domains, and otherwise making payments in furtherance of hacking activity. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the hacker coin. Oh, yeah. Bitcoin's what you use for hacking. That's I mean that's what it is. It's like you tell me that it's not fungible, yet governments are using it. Right. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like what does that say? It says it's fungible enough. Yeah. Anyhow. Um so So I mean that was that was it. It's just like when these things happen, it's just, you know. Let's get um, to some let's get to some mining stuff. Like I, I, I like, see. Yeah, we've we've seen a Do few things like lately. What? 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 Uh, yeah. With, no, with, with mining. Yeah, um, we, we've seen a few things like Matt Corallo, uh, Blue Matt, has been speaking a little bit about a protocol he's working on. Better Hash. Better Hash, which I, I don't know much about yet. I'd like to read a little bit more about that as he develops it. Um, I think he's going to be doing some promotion on that very soon. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be making making the rounds. So I, I, I would like to hear a little bit more about that. But then on the other side, we have Luke Dash Jr. starting to make noise about changing the algorithm. Yeah. What what is I don't know he's obsessed. This is such a bad idea in my opinion. I could be convinced that it's not, but like it just seems so stupid. I, I'm kind of thinking that Luke is just kind of taking this position as like a countermeasure to kind of uh, balance the other side. To kind like of balance it. Could well, be. because a, a, a lot of this is coming from the argu- like the idea that like mining's too centralized around like Bitmain right now, right? And that a POW change would. Well, Luke seems to think that there's a way even that like uh, Bitmain could attack Lightning Network. And he just wouldn't divulge it the other day, which I thought was really funny. I saw that. Yeah, like, I, I don't think like, he should wanna... be saying stuff like that. But like, maybe maybe he's just like trying to like send people on like greased pig chases. Yeah, you, you ever seen that? A gre- you, do you know the greased chase? pig chase? Um, where you have to like everyone has to catch like a greased pig. No, no. Okay, so you go what? to your high school and you release you, you release three greased pigs. Oh, and you and, la- and you label you one, one two, number one, two and four, two and then four. Right. So like the rest of the day they start looking for <laughs> pig number three. That's so funny. <laughs> so maybe this is the third pig. It's a funny prank. Right. It's a high school prank. And I think our high school prank, someone taped down one of those like air horns and threw it into a classroom. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, senior pranks are funny because they're so harmless, but they're so just, just like you never know when like someone's going to do something real stupid. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> End of the year. <laughs> so let's just start the freshman, tr- the freshman prank trend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Got to live with that. Okay. Um, but so what's POWX.org? Well, this looks like a scam. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Masquerading is something legitimate. Uh, like, 
there's, there's <laughs> the future of Bitcoin. There's mining. so many of these proposals that are like, oh, like there's there's, there's a way to do like ASIC resistance, application specific photonic integrated circuit, which this is ASPIC. ASPIC. <laughs> <laughs> what is what a photonic circuit? So you're gonna you're gonna send photons? <laughs> Why? Why know. would you send photons? Photons and electrons are indif- indifferentiable. Right. Why would this fix anything? I have no idea. Like what? What speed do like it, with this? Is the <laughs> idea that this would make uh, like uh, an ASIC faster? I don't know. Because what speed do you think electricity moves at? Uh, Light speed retards. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, it, it, it's only going to move as fast as like ASIC can be. Go for it. Well, like, how fast do you think a photon moves? Right. Light speed retards. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm very curious. I wonder, like, okay, so I want to. I would just be. Like, is this a scam? Be, be I hope very, it's a scam. Well, it, I hope it's. I hope be it's very not a scam. skeptical of any awesome. type of like thing that's like, like I don't know. Like we've talked about the ASIC stuff before, but like ASIC resistance isn't a real concept, and like it just seems that ASICs like. Well, it's a real concept. It's just maybe a retarded one. Like, yeah. <laughs> word of the day. Like whatever. Like, if there's an incentive to develop a very specific type of minor. For an algorithm, right? Um, it will get developed, like or, or I would or think so. I mean, like I think I think that there will be a way to uh, to to make it analog. Basically, yeah. is, is uh, but like yeah, like I okay. Powx.org is a nonprofit foundation dedicated to developing open source photonic computing hardware and software for a more decentralized and secure optical POW consensus. Mm. Interesting. Um, so. O P O W. That must be optical P O W. I'm I'm curious about this. I'm going to look at this later. But yeah, this. The, uh, God damn it. Um, I. I <laughs> looks like they have pictures of people in a lab. Yeah, <laughs> that's always suspicious to me. Like when people are like this is me in a lab coat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe it's uh, maybe it's real. You know, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, I do think like the, the whole like centralization thing is has has persisted. So long, like mm-hmm. like people complaining about centralization. So fucking long. Oh, I remember well, it like yeah. being a thing from like I I don't know forever ago. Twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. I found, I found already a twenty twelve. I found a twenty twelve Bitcoin talk thread where they were debating uh, the implementation of Peta Peta script hash, mm-hmm. and they were looking at like minor signaling. And in the discussion, it got brought up that like one guy had wait like way too much hashing power, okay. and way too much influence on the decision of like. Whether it was going to like get through or not, one but, nine, one vote. But but you still see early in like, I mean that was way before my time of oh my you know mining centralized. Or there's Dude, like these weird centralization. Central, like, like, like I think it's funny when I hear like noobs like n- noobs complain about like uh, like anything in Bitcoin because like I hear them complain. I'm like, dude. This is the same shit that we've been hearing about for years. Mm. It, you know, it's it's like at some point someone's gonna like complain about ten minute, it, like okay, like let's say lightning is instant, pretty much, right? Um, and and so that you're gonna end up like having a weird other debate about ten minute conf, uh, ten minute on chain confirmation times being too much. So like, watch, like some chain will like develop lightning, and they'll be like, but we have on chain confirmations that are quicker. Mm-hmm. Like that'll matter. 
right? Like, they'll have to just change the rhetoric. But, like, mm-hmm. people, like, the thing that amazes me is the things that nobody gave any fucks about. Like, we've always had three-day settlement, T3. That's been, like, the standard. No one really gave two fucks because, like, we have all of these, like, amazing layer two sort of protocols for the, 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 uh, for the financial system. Credit cards, they feel like instant settlement. You walk into a store, you pay with the credit cards, you walk out with your merchandise right now. That store doesn't get the money for a couple days. But no one really cares because, like, you know, what stores can do is they can, like, ba- there's a cost to that and they, they, they absorb it. You pay it by, like, paying a little bit more, maybe pennies more for every outfit that you buy or something like that. Like, these are really small costs that are mitigated for in the market system. And that's what's amazing about the market system. So, like, you move T3 to T0, like, that's that's amazing. That's pretty cool. It, it probably is a savings of, like, hundreds of a penny per transaction, but that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, within, like, two days, I feel like, of, like, you know, Bitcoin happening... Uh, you have people saying, like, 10 minutes is too long. T, 10 minutes is too long. It's ridiculous. 10 minutes for a transaction. Stupid. And I'm just like, oh, like, dude, it was three days before. It's just that you didn't have, like, a, you know, a system whereby you could, like, set up, uh, you know, with Bitcoin, you would actually have to wait the 10 minutes because, like, maybe you, you know, don't trust these people or you're doing a big transaction. But most people, even in the early days, were, like, just waiting for, like, mempool transactions to show up because there's not a lot of people that are going to be reversing transactions. Mm. For the most part, you're, you're operating with people in, like, an honest capacity. And if, like, people are purchasing things online, you know what's going to happen before you send out the product? 10 minutes. Mm. So, like, the confirmation time doesn't matter. If you need trading, on the other hand, what we did as as a solution, we have, like, these third parties that are keeping their Bitcoins on the exchanges, and they're trading, like, inter-exchange. So, or inter-exchange, like, uh, so intra-exchange. And and so that, like, you can trade instantly on the exchange itself. It's It's off of the chain, and it's in these, like, you know, databases. And that's a pretty simple way to have dealt with that all this time. So, I don't know. I mean... Uh, like all of these complaints have always like I, I don't think that there's like a new complaint that I've heard in recent years that I, I couldn't point to like I don't know a 2012 or 2011 or 2013 blog post or forum post uh, on Bitcoin talk where people were complaining about exactly the same thing yeah get some creativity yeah <laughs> figure out some new things to complain about because yeah. I, I think that I think there's a lot of things you could complain about uh, maybe be a little more creative Maybe, like, uh, you know, start a scam that doesn't have, uh, you know, something that, like, is a little bit more, I don't know. Like, say that, like, op return's a problem. You know? Complain about that. Complain yeah. about op return. Like, remove that. Do something, just just something different than, like, what I've heard for the last, like, seven years. Yeah. Go go, go after, like, weird things like that. Right. <laughs> it's, like your, it's, like, your biggest concern. <laughs> I'm fixing confirmation times. It's already been fixed 200 times, and no one gave a fuck. So, like, dude, just, well, it's like, fine. Well, like, what, like there's, all, there's all types of shit you could do that, like, are kind of being done, but, like, aren't being, like, torted. Like, um, like I remember reading something where, like, Bitcoin Cash was enabling a lot of these old op codes, like, that, like, Bitcoin was not using anymore. Because there's, right. like, these op codes that are, like, there's, they're, they're, they were originally put in there if you wanted to use for, like, certain scripting functions. Or certain, you know, like right parts are put into into and yet like part of the script language that like they were like re-enabling for like no reason. Um, I don't know. Take contention with like old op codes or something. Right. Just do <laughs> just do something creative. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like I, I agree. Okay. So <laughs> I'm excited this week because uh, I have been yeah. I have been I have been forecasting the stellar pump for some time. <laughs> all right. I don't know when it's going to come. Might be ten years. Might yeah. be one year. Might be three months. Yeah. Maybe it'll never come. Okay. Or it will, but it'll come at the same rate of Bitcoin and it won't matter. 
or something. Right. You want to come together. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's when you have the best sex. No, you want, you, you want Stellar to come independently of the Bitcoin pump. Yeah, that would be, you, can, you know, because then, right. then you can pump it into Bitcoin. It could be. You, you wanna, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to happen. But I... I I, I am the. I want to be the Nostradamus of Bitcoin in the way that Reggie Middleton is the Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that, that, that. That's the one that I want to see here. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, okay, so I think Reggie should well, be predicting uh, the the pump of Stellar. Um, I want Stellar to Moon, and 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 I like watching Stellar because I believe strongly that Stellar is the blockchain of Silicon Valley, and I think that Silicon Valley is going to use it for all sorts of stupid purposes before they discover how stupid it is. Oh, but, yeah. like, okay, so so this week uh, we have our stellar, uh, our wonderful stellar move. Yeah. And, and you know what? Well, there's a possibility that BAT, B-A-T, <laughs> is also a Silicon Valley coin, so that, that may be another one that, like, uh, is good. Well, so, so let's talk about, like, what actually happened. So Coinbase tweeted out that they're... And I, I want to hear what you think about this. I think it's great that they are considering adding these coins. Yeah, and of, like they're in a weird position where like they 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 want to they want to preview it, and because once they add it, like these things are going to pump. And but of course, by tweeting it out and saying that they're looking at it. It's gonna pump. Yeah, but well, every, Which it every did. What's, what's funny to me is that like every employee at Coinbase, like four days before this tweet, was like, "Oh, coincidentally, I was thinking of buying all those coins." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are the coins. What I a wanted. coincidence! Huh, I just I, I just love those coins. And then no, I mean like, uh, and, and it's just funny the ones that are. I mean, seller makes a lot of sense. Like it just, it, it, like, it does. It's a Silicon Valley coin. It, we know right. that. We know that. Like Stripe, it has a, it has a great history. It has Stripe has a, huge investment uh, in it. it. It's like a ripple thing. It's without, wonderful. Without, it's without, wonderful. Without, without the reputation Ripple's been getting. Jed McCaleb stores tons of them in his bubble. They, they have like all these API documentation. Right. And all these like you know, it just looks nice. It's, Jed it's McC- here's the thing. Jed McCaleb is the adult Daniel Larimer. That's that's what I like about him. He's like <laughs> what Daniel Larimer could have been had he been good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. It's it's what Daniel could have been without a dumpy butt. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, but yeah, like like Jed McCaleb, he's good looking. Yeah. He's a leader of Stellar. I think that Jed McCaleb and his good looks are going to lead my coin, my team to victory. Yeah, and by victory, I mean to be the least shitty coin, and by least shitty coin, I mean the pumpiest. Pump- at some point, oh yeah, pumpiest at some point coin. Yeah, and seller, you know, they've they've taken a very pro Bitcoin approach. Uh-huh. They, they they did like that airdrop a long time ago on Bitcoin holders. Right. They have like a decentralized exchange. Right. Where they claim you everything can about it. Bitcoin. I'm they're telling you, Stellar Lightning. Has, Stellar has all the signals of of the best Ponzi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about it. Like I, I do. I really like. I'm I'm watching it. I think that like watching Stellar is going to be like watching Ohio during an election. It's like what's the next thing that's going to happen in this industry? So apparently, b- basic attention token, which is. Um, the 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 Mozilla Firefox who hates gay people. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why I, sh- I feel like not. Oh, Brendan Ike. That's yeah, it. that's yeah. it. Brendan Ike. You, can, you know, he also invented JavaScript, right? Yeah, but like, let's talk about his real accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, uh, well, yeah supporting Chick Fil A being one of them. <laughs> um, but no, like Brendan Brendan Ike uh, is so so. Apparently, this is a, a decent. Silicon Valley coin. I think <laughs> my, my problem with basic attention token is that so, so I like, you know, Brendan Ike, he's, he's fine. Um, he was, he left Mozilla. I think, was he fired or I don't know. But oh, basically, he, it got found out that he, he donated $1,000 to like an anti gay type thing. But isn't he also a Mormon or something? Probably. It's, it seemed very like benign. 
And it was like such a Silicon Valley thing to be like, you're evil. You're Fuck evil. You. Get you don't, out of you have the wrong political views. So right. like, I think, I think that like basic attention token is a great libertarian token. I yeah. think that, I think libertarians will gravitate towards it. I hear like Ben Shapiro talking about Brendan Eich a lot. Really? Yeah, he talks about him because he like he seems obsessed about the like Mormon at at Mozilla who was kicked out for like so he says Brendan Eich by name so I think that there's going to be some like <laughs> I think there's going to be some Dude, coverage of that the, the, on places like Ben Shapiro at some point I think that I think that there's going to be like I think that the libertarian uh, sort of anti-establishment people are going to grab that it's a stupid idea I don't think it'll work. And uh, I, I don't actually see an use case for Bat. <laughs> like again, I think you could probably use Bitcoin for whatever the fuck Bat is trying to get at. Oh, of also, I don't think that Brendan Eich understands how ads work, despite having worked at Mozilla. I, I know this because nothing that he said, but I happen to know a lot of people who know how or who work in the ad industry. And the one thing I will say about the like ad industry, particularly when it comes to, like programmatic ads, which is what the, like the internet runs on right now, is that nobody in the ad industry even understands ads themselves. Mm. So I doubt that Brendan Eich, a, a person who didn't actually work in the ad industry. Have, have we have we talked about the basics of how the ad industry works? Uh, or like, no, we or, haven't. Or like I mean, the programmatic ads are, are one of the most amazing things that the yeah. internet has developed. And the reason I think it's amazing is because literally nobody seems to know how they work, and yet they still work. I was amazed that there's a whole marketplace when you go to a website and you get served an ad. And I know, considering the audience, no offense to you guys, you probably have ad blockers on. I hate you all. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like, genuinely do think that ad blocking is just assholeish. But like, you know, <laughs> to each their own. Good, do your thing. Um, but I also understand that like a lot of you think that the government's tracking you, uh, and then that big Jeep and that big black uh, Subaru behind you is an FBI agent. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's fine. Um, and given given that that's the kind of person that many of our listeners are, I think that it's probably reasonable to have ad block on. Okay, so but like, uh, it's amazing to me if you go to a site and there is a little a little spot there for an ad. The way this works in in today's world is uh, that there's a literal market. Uh, there's an auction that occurs for that ad spot. The instant your page loads, it takes a few seconds, not seconds, milliseconds, for this auction to happen, and then they deliver an ad. And it looks to you like it's instantaneous, but there was a fight for that spot the instant that you loaded that that page up. Mm-hmm. And it's based on things like who you are, you know, because like, you're cookie or like you're kind of tracked a little bit. So like if you're a Boeing representative, uh, you might actually get shown like ads for airplanes, which is which is just fucking amazing. Um, but like there's an ads, there's there is in fact a auction that happens for every single ad spot on a page, and it's. Based on all sorts of things, it's amazing to me that this can happen on the internet, and uh, and it's amazing to me that basically your view is sold um, in a way that allows you to basically view the internet for free. Yeah. So the bat token is trying to basically stop that. <laughs> you know. You know what's really funny too. Wait, wait, which by the way, I kind of learned about some of this stuff independently from what you know. If you kind of search like Google or like ad exchange companies, and they usually have tutorials on like the basics of how this works. So yeah. like I would encourage like you guys to like listen, like watch it if, if it's something you're interested in. Because when I because I, I forgot all the details, but it's like there's a lot of different like ways to like do so, like how those auctions. It, they don't just function in one way. They function in like multiple different ways, and like there's this whole bidding back end that there's a whole there's a like, whole set of pipes, and and like people can allow ads in. Um, there's ways to optimize the pipes because like there's there's times when like companies because of the way that the pipes work, like you'll have like you know 
um, AOL bid against itself on ad. Like, you, you don't really, like, the redundancy of it, like, you just kind of want these, like, clean auctions mm-hmm. to occur. And it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, it's an amazing, an amazingly cool tool that has kind of grown up organically and that people have kind of stuck, you know, glued together um, elements that allow it to work in places like blogs, right? Mm. So it's, it's an amazing thing. And I know for a fact that many of the websites that you see on the Internet do not know how programmatic ads work and yet are supposed to be making their money on programmatic ads. And mm. that's what's amazing to me because I think that, like, what's going to end up happening, like people talk about, like, the, the death of news. News ain't going to die when they discover how to use programmatic ads. Programmatic ads are highly, highly profitable for websites that have enormous amounts of traffic. Which I think is amazing because they don't you, really, you'd think that like these companies, they, because the web presence, web presences would know how to like make themselves right. uh, make themselves profitable on that side. Is the programmatic ad industry kind of new still? Like, is it is it is it is it new enough where like that's kind of the reason why a lot of these companies may not really have a no, lot it's of not that. that new. It's, it's been around a while, and like there's a lot of people saying that but, like programmatic ads are going to die. Like that's fine, whatever. But is it is it evolving like really quickly, or like is it is it a weird like? It's, it's that it, – I'm telling you, the reason – what happened is that nobody – like programmatic ads happened mm-hmm. and nobody ever really understood all of the parts. Mm. There's not that many people that understand all of the parts uh, and, and there's not that many people that know how to glue them together, right? Gotcha. So that's – I mean to me that's remarkable and, and I think that there's only a few people now that's, that know how to glue them together and I think there's a lot of people that will tell you they understand how it works and just probably don't. Hmm. That's interesting. Is there kind of an off thing? Uh, is – when because you're talking about like payments, uh, for like tiny ads for people, like by by the person, yeah. is there like a micro payments use there, or like is that not really like a no? Okay, no, probably not. Well, I mean, like, like I'm, I don't get me wrong, I like the whole like I, I like how Lightning's going, but I, like I'm trying to figure out like all the use cases for like micro payments, and I feel like there's like I feel like it's one of those areas where there's gonna be less than like the Bitcoin people. Want there to be. Here, here's the know. thing. Here's the thing that about ads that like people that block ads don't seem to understand. Mm-hmm. When ads are optimized, like like there's this new thing in Europe called GDPR. Um, it basically, you know, it, it, it's a data collection uh, sort of stoppage problem. Um, look, guys, when ads are good, if you are actually well tracked by ads, ads are great because they're delivering to you things that you want to possibly buy, mm-hmm. things that will make your specific life better. When, when they're shitty and they can't collect information on you, then ads are shit. Mm. Now, like, I understand that there's, like, sort of this desire to have privacy. Okay, fine. You need to balance that. But, like, everyone wants better ads. You do want better ads. And ads pay for your internet. Like, it's such an unobtrusive thing. I have, like, people will tell me, like, I can't stand to see that little ad banner on the side. It's really distracting. Like, what kind of retarded idiot are you? Like, you can't read with, like, a a picture next to you? Like, how does that, like, is it just such a good ad that you just can't stop looking at it? It's not a woman's breasts. It's just a goddamn ad. Yeah. Like, it's a picture. You don't have to, like, sit and stare at it. Yeah. It's, It's absolutely insane to me, the things that I'm told about ads. There's no way that ads bother you that much. Come on. It's such a weird thing to like get annoyed at. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, like I get it. Like, it's also you know, like when I don't I'm watching people, YouTube. People, a lot of people don't fully realize too that like a lot of the ads are getting on some of these sites. They're like, "Well, this is a weird, this is a weird ad I'm getting because I was just thinking about or like talking about like." And it's like, "Well, well, the one on Facebook is weird because like I, I, I swear to, I swear to God, Facebook is listening to you because like there will be times I'm in a conversation with somebody about something and then I'll log into Facebook and like there will be an advertisement for that thing and that is creepy as fuck. I don't like that." I don't like that Facebook. So that has I don't like that. Okay. Has that I've, happened to you? I think it did. I I'm telling you, Facebook's fucking listening. It's so creepy. And I've heard about that. Which, 
they they may articulate. I don't know, like if there's someone's been doing more has more information about like what that is and how that is going on. I, I think it's so. I think that that is going to be like the weird death of Facebook when people discover that, like how that's working. Because it, like I'm telling you, it's but happened to me seemed, so many times. It is creepy as fuck. It seems so obvious though. Like if people are like seeing that, because I've seen articles too where people were like, I was talking about something and like, and I'm like, is that really what happened or is that like? I was I was told that by a girlfriend and I didn't believe it. And then like two days later, I was talking about something completely like esoteric. I log into Facebook. There's an ad for it. And I was like, shut up. Oh my god! You know, like what's funny to me is that, like, well, so, because, so Mark Zuckerberg, when he was before Congress, he talked about the things that Facebook could do, and yeah. one of them was he was saying that like Facebook doesn't take over your messenger unless you like opt into it. How have you ever had Facebook take over your like uh, your like uh, SMS? Um, I mean, I don't use SMS that often. Facebook has taken over my SMS twice, and I did not Would ask for it to. You mean like it? It was like it defaulted your it SMS. Defaulted, to it became my. It became Facebook my. Messenger. Yeah. And, like, huh. I didn't ask for it to. So now, apparently, Facebook has all of my SMS messages downloaded on their server. Mm. And it takes, like, 20 minutes to figure out how to undo it. Huh. That is, like, really... It's fucking awful. Like, I, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not into being tracked. I, I, I'm an advocate of good ads. But, like, I do like, in some ways, to be in control a little bit of my own data. Um, I think that ads are generally pretty innocuous. I think Facebook's ads are like creepy. <laughs> mm. So I guess maybe that's, that's hypocritical. Or, or could it be that they like they have re- like really good algorithms? So, like, so like I feel like the comment below is going to be like uh, Junseth does like Junseth likes ads, but like doesn't want to give all of his info. What a hypocritical yeah asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, that's a little hypocritical. I, like I, I guess my response would be uh, to that person Dan um, who writes that. <laughs> <laughs> we see you there. I see you. I see you. <laughs> like, I, I, I think, I, I honestly, I think that there are limits to how much data someone should or or that you should, you know, want someone to collect. And uh, I think also with Facebook, I think there's a breach of like trust there because you gave Facebook your information, assuming they wouldn't do weird ass things with it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give them permission to listen to my conversations, right? Or maybe I did. I don't know. I didn't even trip the service. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like legally, no one, no one, no one can. No one has the time, effort, or competence to like understand. No, I didn't even read that shit. Like, then do like you ever read one? Because like I, I've read them before. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm like giving that right up. Oh my, oh wow, I, <laughs> shit I, that you like. I'm like, there's no way. Why, someone why, probably I, owns your life. Like uh, some, someone's going to get sued because they signed a TOS that says like, like they get all of your <laughs> lifetime earnings. <laughs> well, we'll point to their legal power to like enforce like these crazy things. I don't, actually, I, like I think that I think that Apple should make fun of the TOS and just like put something absolute. Like there's that South Park episode on the human centipede. Remember that one? Oh, there's probably a long time yeah, ago. Like, like, yeah. like they do the human centipede because, like, uh, like Apple Apple's terms of service has in there that, like, you have like the human you have to be <laughs> oh, part of the human yeah. centipede like, <laughs> if you sign the TOS. <laughs> so, like, they start like uh, like sewing people's like mouths to other people's assholes. Yeah, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. but that's how I feel like t- terms of services are these days. Yeah, um, yeah. You, what, what's going on with this like uh, naval thing on Twitter? You've been watching? This? Oh, I so I uh, so. Uh, Bitcoin Airlock, John Carvalho started this like over the weekend. I didn't know who Naval was. I had no idea. Um, but I looked at his Twitter. I guess he, he tweets out a lot of like farty, like new age-ish type of like things to say about oh, like, wow. like I, I don't know. He Some guy that covers like things. I, he might be a VC. He covers VC things, covers like risk take, <laughs> you know, you, you know okay. what I mean? Like all, but like John started tweeting out. Like, is it Naval Ravikant? Is that who it is? His Twitter handle is literally N-A-V-A-L. Um, and, uh, 
he was tweeting out about like ma- like saying things that were making fun of this guy and like with the hashtag look at me I'm naval and just started like tweeting that out and then it got picked up by a few other bitcoin people and it became like a whole thing over the weekend and then a lot of people that are like like I don't know in favor of naval like were like oh this is so mature like they're attacking and like bitcoin community is so toxic um Dude, what is it? Okay, dude, I'm not going to lie. Silicon (laughs) Valley is turning these, like, hedge fund bros who are like, dude, I I don't know what it is, but, like, like hedge fund bros, banker bros, they were, like, manly men. They were fucking sexist, but they were, like... Well, they, they were put up with the bullshit of like we have to like that fake nice, nice. Oh God, yeah. uh, Smile. Let's all get along while we like are kind of. Here's you know here's the thing. Finance, like, finance, I'm, I'm fucking watching these finance professionals because I'm looking at this. It's it's naval Ravikant. Oh, and Balaji, Balaji, I think Balaji the same way. Did uh, Fluffy Pody say like I'm, I'm disappointed that you're oh, taking yourself, this? yourself, Balaji. Like get the fuck out of here. Balaji blocked me by the way. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like like Silicon Valley is turning these. <laughs> fucking like financiers who are like the the risk taking kind of like you know I'm an asshole because like I just I I can be an asshole. Look at what yeah. I've done. Um, look at the risks I've taken. Into like just like t- little twits. Yeah, just a feminine little like. Oh my god, I, I'm amazed by it. Wow, like, if you look at the hashtag, look at me. I'm na- <laughs> damn. Good job, Bell, for starting like a funny, like, <laughs> fucking viral thing. Are they fucking like, funny? Is it- I mean, I, I thought it was like him and like it was mostly Fluffy Pony and like some Bitcoiners, like Samson Mao and whatnot. Dude, I but just like, look at me and there's look at me. I'm Fluffy Pony. Look at me. I'm Whale Panda. Yeah. Look at me. I'm Navel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like this. Guy. I love Kevin Fam. I see a lot of Kevin Fam tweets. I, he's yeah. he's very funny. Oh, well, the there's, there's a handle and like a whole site called Wall Street Playboys that tweeted something out about this the hashtag. Like this is this is such a funny thing. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, like you, the thing about Bitcoin, like there's the clash between the finance culture and the Silicon Valley culture is like very apparent in this space. And it seems like the Bitcoiners are more finance bros. And that they like say whatever and don't give a fuck, and then like you have like these Ethereum, Silicon Valley types that like we 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 have to be nice to each other and can't be toxic. It's like it's like right. that shit, you know. I mean, like not, not to make the division so. It's like clearly. It's so, like, so, are you sure Bell started this? I because this I'm, I'm looking through this. Like, there's a Balaji tweet here who's basically saying that this has been going on for a few <laughs> look, days. Look like, at me, I'm is... naval is a sock puppet. Uh, organized by somebody. But th- that's what he accused Bell of doing. Yeah, that's when, exactly when, right. When I'm, I'm looking just... at these names. These are just people I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. <laughs> like, that's... Oh, God. That's Balaji so is fu- so out of touch. He's so dumb. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, there's weird... I love Kevin Pham. You fucked with thousands and soon millions of Bitcoiners of skin in the game. What did you expect was going to happen, Naval? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, do you anything about this Naval guy? Because I don't, I don't know like the history there. I don't, I don't know. Like, I've seen a few articles on him. I mean, like it looks like he's done a number of things. It looks like Zabo really likes him. I don't know a lot about Naval. I've seen his name around. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think anything of him until this like look at me on Naval stuff started to like creep up. Yeah, and it was really funny. I was, I, I like, I, I've I've seen him a number of times. Um. And it's just very, it's very interesting to me to see. I, I think it looks to me like he might be a, a hedge fund guy. I think you're right. And uh, like, I, I, dude, Bitcoin's so funny to me because I see these like hedge fund guys come and Bitcoiners like obsessed. They're like, oh, he's, he's just so smart. He's a hedge fund guy. And I'm like, I, so? 
Yeah. So, they, like, everyone came here. They hated bankers. And then hedge fund guys came in, and everyone, like, wants to suck dick. And it's just like, well, like <laughs> dude, like what, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like, remember when the bankers came, and I was like, we did it. We're successful. Right. I'm like, we're, like guys, well, like, you t- hated them a minute ago. Well, t- now they're the indication of your success? Well, today, all of, like, everyone was excited that BlackRock announced that they have a team looking at Bitcoin. Great. But, like, <laughs> y- you hate bankers, but, like, you're, you're excited that, like, one of the largest, like, investment... Guys, this this is liquidity. Like, this is wait. bad, you know, because your conspiracy <laughs> won't support this. Like, yeah. this is what we call cognitive dissonance. Yeah, like this is it's funny to me because, like, I mean, like, fine. This is this is my point, guys. Banks are going to love Bitcoin. Banks love Bitcoin because banks are just custodians. Mm-hmm. That is their business. Mm-hmm. They look at Bitcoin and they think, oh, that's a thing that we can be custodians of, mm-hmm. and that's a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, they're going to look at this for a while. They're going to try to like. They're going to think that like blockchain like is revolutionizing their back office or something like that. They're going to try it. They're going to find out that's retarded. They're going to hire a team of people. They're going to right. talk about disseminating the banking system. <laughs> exactly, <They're> decentralizing <laughs> the banking system, which puts the banks out of business, which is hilarious. And then and then and then they're going to come to the realization: this is the ultimate result of their research. Will be that Bitcoin is just gold, but it's digital, so they don't have to send it all to Switzerland into like one giant <laughs> vault. They can actually hold it, and they can be real custodians of it and charge you money. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna love that shit. It'll be. It, it's just exactly perfect for and banks. They can, they, they'll, they'll figure out like weird ways to to trade it, and move it around, and do all types of right. shit with it. And like Bitcoiners cr- forget. They'll create. They'll create weird financial. Products they're gonna have weird financial it. instruments. You're gonna yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, like, you're going to go to your bank and they're going to print you off Bitcoin dollars because, like, <laughs> you know, they can and they want to do that for you. They're going to circulate. They're going to, like, fractionalize it. Everything Bitcoiners say you can't so, do with so, Bitcoin, what's you a, can. What's your face is going to come along and do weird credit default hash oh, yeah, yeah, con- yeah. contracts? Yeah, with Live Mathers is going to come around and just, like, like she's going to, like, create, she's going to, yeah, she's going to develop weird products for it. Uh, credit default Bitcoin swaps. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> for, you know, someone should do a, a Bitcoin, a credit default Bitcoin swap just credit in case. The, the, like, well, like, credit default like, atomic swap. No, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. You can tell people that, like, in case the blockchain goes bankrupt, <laughs> that's what these are for. These are for ensuring that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea, Sean. Yeah, did we develop this, Blythe? If you take that idea, I'm gonna fart on your face, <laughs> which you might like. But... I don't know. I don't think... <laughs> you might be into that. You might like that Maybe more than I'm gonna you. like that. Uh, yeah, right? I don't know. Like, <laughs> they're nauseous, dude. You don't want to, you don't want me to do that. So like, but no, we just we invented a new product here. That's a yeah. credit Bitcoin default swap. Um, credit default Bitcoin swap. Credit default credit atomic Bitcoin, swap. I don't know. I like no, that's, that I think that's we call it whatever you want, but it's it's yeah. it, it, the idea is going to be if the if the blockchain <laughs> goes bankrupt, then it pays out. All yeah. right. So that I like that. That's good, Sean. Um, but banks are How banks love Bitcoin. They don't know they love Bitcoin, but they love it. And the reason they love it is because banks pre existed the Fed. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. Banks like holding cash because it's a thing they can hold. Banks just like to hold things. If if they could, if beanie babies were still around, <laughs> banks would be holding beanie babies. Banks mm. eventually might hold Pokemon cards. I don't know. But they're just fucking institutions. <laughs> that hold banks hold right. pe- I don't know, dude. Banks I, like, hold a Pepe card. Right. They can hold your Pepe cards. That's the beauty of this. Like, banks are institutions <laughs> that are custodians. You like, high up at, like, right? Wall Street. Like, just I discovered at- the Pepe card. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, just staring at, like, hey, he has his rare Pepe wallet. Right. Open, he's like, like, <laughs> like, he's like, this is Goldman Sachs Pepe wallet. Oh. I, I like the idea of doing that, like, with seriousness, like, standing before... Uh, Ten years ago, Goldman Sachs made an investment in rare Pepe's. <laughs> this is the Goldman Sachs rare Pepe Bitcoin wallet. 
And uh, as you can see here, we have Mount Gox Pepe. Here we have Homer Pepe, only one of a kind. And it's worth many thousands. Uh, some have estimated it's worth at many, uh, maybe half a million dollars. But, sir, <laughs> what is a Homer Pepe? Ah, that's a good question. A Homer Pepe is a type of Bitcoin output. Uh, it's a one-of-a-kind output, and we store it in an account wallet uh, on the Counterparty Network. Any more <laughs> questions? No one. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, fucking hilarious to me. Like, the idea that that could be, like, like that could be a discussion that could be had someday. And mm -hmm. Joe Looney will be so rich then. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Looney has all the rare Pepe's. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. I, like, he's a big collector. Dude, he's the big... He is, the, he is like, the... The Madam Pepe of rare Pepe's. <laughs> well, he, he's 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 being known as the Godfather. Dude, he's a Godfather. He wrote the, art, right. Art, they're going to use his yeah. wallet. They're going to log in, mm -hmm. and and Joe Looney like secretly has he's, he's, he put a <laughs> script in there that grabs your counterparty wallet password, and uh, tomorrow Goldman Sachs will have no rare Pepe's because Joe Looney stole them all. Um, but like, buy, yeah, to buy tractors. Right. <laughs> I like the idea. Like, like, and 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 uh, Goldman Sachs is today announcing its product. It's the rare Pepe Index Fund. You put your money into a Goldman Sachs, and you will be buying a share of the rare Pepe wallet. <laughs> I just really like the idea of like uh, the, the the centralized rare Pepe exchange. But you know, fucking banks are just custodians. That's what they want to do, and yeah. they, they they can do it really well. And and everyone's going to be really mad at them for doing it. And they're going to do it, and that's just what's going to happen. And you're going to yeah. have to deal with it. So like the libertarians need to like come to terms with. <laughs> the reality of these situations and just like I don't know like I don't want to tell them what to do but like you guys are like lambasting the banking system and the then you're excited at the same time I, just, I really like watching it it's just the <laughs> cognitive dissonance is just like astounding like everyone knows that it's a big deal that banks do things yeah. and then like but they also hate them but they don't hate them when it's benefiting them it's like dude it, for me it's like it's idea. like a microcosm of libertarianism like yes yes I'm benefited by that I'm not mm -hmm. mad now yeah, but I was mad yesterday when it wasn't. I think they would tell you that, like, well, we're excited they're here because they're going to do things, but it's going to end up like destroying them, and then it's going to decentralize them, right? But like, yeah, that's why you're mad. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why you're happy. Yes, you've given it a lot of thought, my friend. Yeah, um, no, you're you're happy because you think that banks signal uh, a competency yeah. that you know they do, or they're going to dump, you know. Stupid amounts of money. Well, the thing, the thing is, like, <laughs> banks are competent at being custodians. Mm -hmm. They're not competent at blockchain technology. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're going to have really dumb ideas about blockchain technology, <laughs> but they're going to have great ideas about custodianship, mm -hmm. and they're going to hold your Bitcoin like it's never been held before. They're going to cuddle it like a Panamanian prostitute cuddles Sean when he goes to Panama and hires a Panamanian prostitute, yeah. and uh, or like you cuddled your cozy. teddy bear when you were a child, and yeah. they're gonna and your bitcoins are gonna fall in love with the banks, and you're gonna not know what to do with yourself because like you're gonna realize that banks are just custod custodians. That's it, mm -hmm. and I don't mean custodians like in the like clean your school sense. Although maybe that <laughs> maybe that's the same job. I don't the know. High school custodian. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that idea. Maybe he could be your banker. Yeah, are custodians <laughs> bankers? If banks are custodians, are custodians bankers? Huh. <laughs> Earl the custodian. Right. That's what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew how important the janitor was until he was holding your money. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I learned that I learned about stochastic dominance this week. You ever you ever heard about stochastic dominance? I had not heard of this before. What 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 is this? Because uh, this was this is this seems very interesting. I, I like I like learning about these types of things. Right. So st stochastic dominance is like sort of the optimal choice between like uh, you know two two choices in like where there's error. 
right? So, okay. for example, if you're trying to like figure out whether you should rent or you should buy, uh, stochastic dominance would be the choice that gives you the best outcome based on the error of your decision. So, like for example, in in the decision to buy, there's a couple variables that are unknowns, but that you can kind of with a degree of certainty say. So, like for example, if I say how long are you going to live at the house, which is one of the biggest factors in whether buying or renting is a better decision. Let's say that. You say that your your range of error is two years, okay. and you buy a house, the break even of which is eight years. Okay, seven years. Uh, let's say you you could be there for seven years, or you could be there for nine years. Okay, okay. So you rent. Uh, if you're seven years or eight years or less, you know the idea would be that renting made you money. Mm-hmm. After eight years, buying the house would have made you money. But if you leave at seven years, right? And you don't know if you're going to leave in seven, eight, or nine years, but you know it's going to be one of those three numbers. If you leave in seven years, what is the amount that you lost if you had purchased a house? And let's say that, let's say you'd bought a house and you hold it for seven years and you, sh- you could have rented for those seven years, but you leave seven years later. Maybe that one year is like $1,000 loss compared to renting. Okay. But the gain, if you had held it for one year more, like let's say that you, uh, the eight years is the break even and you'd bought a house. And at nine years, you could have gained ten thousand dollars. Then, the st- then like you probably want to buy the house rather than rent because your possible downside is a thousand bucks, and your possible upside is ten thousand. Okay. Okay. So that that would be st- stochastic dominance. Is 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 being able to calculate like uh, that that larger upside to making like decision yeah. B versus like signal like the decision of A when you kind of have like an unknown. Uh, Outcome, but you kind of have like a small range of, of numbers to kind of play with. Correct. And you're using the analogy here when it comes to like maybe like renting or buying a house, but you said that this is very like widely used in gambling, which makes sense. Or, well, I mean, or, like or I don't be. know if it's using. I mean, it is used in gambling, but like it's just it's a it's a it's stochastic dominance is about decision making, right? Mm. So like, what is the optimal decision? I mean. The optimal decision, given that you're going to stay somewhere seven years, is definitely to rent in, mm. in this model. Given that you're going to stay there 10 years, it's definitely to buy. But there's uncertainty as to how long you're going to live there. It's seven years to 10 years or seven years to nine years. So, like, what's the optimal decision? The optimal decision is the one that takes the error into account and makes the decision based on the, uh, the possibility that the error occurs. And there's a lot of weight in that case, in the example I gave, on purchasing in the case that the error is two years and there's an equal amount of possibility that you're going to leave in seven or nine years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that, that's what's the, it's, it's a cool concept because like you can like make decisions with error based on that um, and sort of optimize your decision-making. It's a really cool concept. I, I didn't, I, I should have known it existed in like, it's, it's an obvious fact once you figure out that that's like a thing. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's just when, when someone presented it to me, I was like, Oh, that's just fucking awesome. So the math is really neat too. Huh? Well, you know, one of the hardest things that we've, it's been talked about a lot in years is like making certain like types of decisions or like financial decisions where like there's like risk involved. And like, if you're trying to make a decision, like in this case, like buying a house or not, like that is something that a lot of people are going to do. And you have like a tool to kind of help with that decision, which is, I mean, that's how. But there's a lot of, I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of decisions with like uncertainty in the decision making and buying a house is one of them. Like the number of years you're going to do something is like time is always like a little bit of an uncertainty, right? So like you, you want to like calculate the possibility of your, you know, doing things. Um, and, and that's kind of cool. Cause like when, when I was, when you're young, you think that like, well, I mean, how could anyone know where they're going to be in eight years? Well, the answer is when you have kids and you're in a school system and like you, you know, you want them to stay there and, 
you know, blah, blah, blah. Like all of a sudden, eight years doesn't seem like such a long time. You're like making decisions on behalf of a family, like you're in a different state of life. But when you're like 21 years old, you don't really quite see that. You're like kind of transient. You're like, you don't know if you're going to have the same job next year, you know. Um, so like those are very like different states of life and you don't necessarily realize that when you're like younger. So like you can actually sort of look at something and if, if your response to are you going to be here for eight years is who, who knows what I'm doing in eight years, then that means that like your, your error rate, like you might be there eight years. But you could also be there one year, yeah. right? So, like, like, you have a very different equation than the person who's like, well, you know, my kids are this age, and I'm definitely going to be here until they're, like, 18 or until they move out or whatever. So, you know, they're, they're you know, well, nine now. They're going to be 16 in seven years. So you know that, like, as that person, you know that you got seven years wherever you are, right? Like, that's a very different, like, life. Mm. So, anyhow. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's all sorts of decisions that like have these like degrees of error and it's really kind of cool that you can calculate what the the best decision is based on the possibility, uh, of like plus or minus, you know, one or two in any of those variables. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Dude, you Um, listen to, uh, to, uh, the Freakonomics podcast. podcast? I was, I was very excited. I I heard about this Yeah. and I I assigned it to Sean. I didn't really assign it, but like I was, uh, I was saying I wanted to listen to this and you actually went and did. Well, because I've I've actually heard of this, I think in some cases before, but some of the examples this podcast talked about were like really interesting. So the Cobra effect um, refers to something that happened in, uh, in India where there was like a lot, like the, the rule of India decided there are too many Cobras and said there'll be a bounty for Cobra skins as a way for people to like kill cobras and bring the right. skins in to get rid of the cobras. Well, what actually happened was there was a huge market <laughs> where people so started... people just started g- growing cobras, right? <laughs> um, because they could make money doing that. Well, but here's the other side of it too, and this is important. When th- they found out, they ended the program. Proof which of you snake. can imagine what happened. All these farmers had these cobras that they didn't know what to do with, and they just released them. Is it a proof of snake? Um, proof of snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there's other examples of this happening, uh, rats in colonial uh, Vietnam with the French. So um, the same thing happened then? Basically the same thing. It's not rat ta- <laughs> it's like funny. rat tails, rat tails is like... To prove that you killed rats. And then there were a lot of rats, and then they... It's, it's funny, because like, you'd think that it would be obvious to like, like okay, we need, we need people to kill rats, come with the evidence that you killed them. Right. And so like people start growing rats. <laughs> yeah. that, that doesn't seem obvious. The part that like, like the obvious solution is like asking people to kill them. Like I don't think that anyone would have thought that people would have been like, well, we have to grow rats then. Yeah. It's hilarious. And it, there's also like something with pigs in Georgia, similar thing. Like well, the state of Georgia? The state of Georgia. Wait, what happened there? There was a um, – well, this one was a little bit less confirmed, but there's a military base like south of Atlanta that had a big pig problem. What do you mean less confirmed? Uh they didn't find a lot of evidence of people that were farming pigs just to cut the tail I off. I see. Okay. But they did notice that despite the hunters saying that, like, they actually were able to kill, like, 1,500 pigs, the pig population was exploding. Do you and think, like, do you that, think like, like, CRISPR or, like, uh, stem cell stuff would, like, like you could maybe grow the pigs' uh, tails back? Like, you, you, you shoot them with a tranquilizer, <laughs> you cut it off, you, like, add a little bit of that stem cell there, and then you let it go, and then, like, three days maybe. later you can harvest the tail again? Yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> well, so, so here's where it gets interesting. So there's other effects of this. Um, in certain cities like Mexico City and Bogota, they have a problem of too many vehicles on the road. Okay. That, and they also can't manage the pollution of those vehicles okay. too well. So to cut down on them, they decided that license plates ending in certain numbers could only drive on certain days. Okay. But if you were driving and your license plate ended one, you couldn't drive on certain days. You had to work. You needed to drive. Um, so people just started switching license plates? Well, 
There was a market for that. But everyone have two license plates. Well, there was a black market for license plates, but the penalties for doing that were so high that most people ended up purchasing two cars. Two cars. <laughs> That's great. Well, in Love Mexico it. City, <laughs> guess what types of cars they were purchasing? Uh, old jalopies. Old cars that yeah. were very super usually because they, they, So what happened? So they, they had to reduce the... So they, what, they cut... Like, because they need two cars, so they had to, like, cut in half yeah. the amount they'd be paying for it, essentially. Yeah. So they get two shitty cars. They got two shitty cars, <laughs> which would make... Instead of, like, one fuel-efficient car, it's two shitty fuel... Like, shitty cars. That's so funny. Um, the UN had a carbon credits program that offered to, like, destroy a certain type of coolant. Okay. And they were, like, doing the coolant thing. Okay. So, like... Basically, whatever the they they were like they they were they were creating more of the product and then destroying it. And by creating the product, they also had to dispose of that product, which would so the, cause the product more was so cheap, harm. so cheap to to make. Well, that, it was it, they were they making were getting, it in they order were getting to get the carbon subsidy. credits for destroying the substance, <laughs> which was a bad UN program. This one's interesting. This one's really interesting. <laughs> so funny. Well, hold on. So, okay, this one. So apparently, when it comes to classifying endangered species as endangered, yeah, they announce that they're considering an animal as up to be classified as endangered. It's like a, it's it's like an Oscar, but it takes a year. <laughs> like, it takes a year to suss out whether it's going to be added to the list. Or oh, not. so there's hunting that happens in between. Companies that think that an animal might be on the endangered species, where they're trying to build and end up tearing down these forests like faster, faster. Oh, that's think fucking hilarious too. Right. Well, which made me think, what other cases? Is the Cobra effect in play that are co- fairly recent, where companies are monitoring like like this, like the government and scientific outcomes of like certain decisions? There's got to be so many because the government t- has these processes for how they do these things. But what ends up happening is these animals end up like definitely becoming endangered because they're getting like their forest, their habitats are getting cut down because <laughs> the danger is that they're not going to be able to cut down those those areas. So, so by like like by being announced that you're going to by announcing win, that you're going to like try to save this animal, you may end up like. Completely destroying that animal. You're going to win the endangered species list contest. Right. So, like, now you might like actually be endangered for real. Yeah, well, that's funny. Yeah, which is like a really bad effect of like the in- well, and that's kind of the cobra effect. It's it's it, it has a good intention for how to like like solve a certain externality, but then like it ends up like exacerbating that. Oh, that's so funny. I really like that. Yeah. No, it, it, like it's it's a great it's a great example of like like unintended consequences. Like yeah. that's that's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It was just—it was a funny little it, episode, it, but like, it's also funny but that they, like, but, but they also, but they even said that they sent one of their producers out to like find cases like this. And, oh yeah, and, and I, I bet there's a lot, dude. I, it sounds like white collar crime to me. <laughs> <laughs> like these people found a hole in the system and they just like exploited it. So yeah, like uh, you, you have white collar crime in uh, in, in India. Uh, you have white collar crime, and so, I mean, white collar crime isn't just for rich people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I have to listen to that, but yeah. So like that's Freakonomics with the Cobra effect. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. Actually, and that episode was from like a few years ago. Yeah, so. we had, we had a weird discussion this week about like uh, Jordan Peterson and uh, sort of like some of his claims about like IQ and the military and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I, I've been like, well, J- Jordan can, Peterson's can, like can, becoming like uh, uh, at this point a celebrity. Everybody knows knows who he is. Yeah. And like I, I know there's some people that are kind of like, oh, it's it's kind of like, oh, he's hey, he's, dumb. he's just he's kind of like this popular guy right now. Um, he is, he is, he's this kind of popular guy right now. You know, you and I have talked about him a lot. Um, I mean, for me, a lot of what he's saying, uh, you know, I, I I've never I've never really been exposed to a lot of these like psychological uh, things that when he draws from like Nietzsche and 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 Carl Jung and like you know stuff that's kind of like 
a little bit more known in some circles, but not for everybody else. And like, it, it is interesting to hear and kind of, you know, um, you kind of have like this intellectual dark web thing that's, that's come about with the, the it, Weinstein it brothers. I feel like, like a lot of people have like gotten their Nietzsche and their young, uh, educations from him exclusively. Yeah. Cause like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, who Carl Young or Nietzsche, I mean, like everyone knows Nietzsche, but like, it's not like you've read any Nietzsche or any Carl Young, right. um, it, unless you're like in a psychology department at like school. Yeah. So like, you know, there it's, it's very interesting. Cause like there's a whole generation now that knows the name of Carl Young and Nietzsche, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> um, but he, he, you know, he goes into some things that like might be argued. Like he talks about IQ. He, he repeats a lot of tropes, and that's that's one thing that's always frustrating to me because yeah. like he repeats them again and again and again in every single. But in, in some sense, I like it because like what it does is when he repeats them in interviews, it forces you to contend with them. So like you know, I'm waiting for someone to call him out on some of these with like some actual arguments because like he tells you yeah. in every interview what he's going to say in the next interview. So like if I were interviewing Jordan Peterson. I would actually think of like responses to some of these uh, these tropes he brings up and these like uh, arguments he brings up, rather than just trying to like like a lot of these news uh, like the New York Times an article about how he was like uh, well, pushing well, forced enforced monogamy, right? Which, and, what the fuck is enforced monogamy? Like who who even knows what that is? Right. I'd never heard of that before. Well, they so he among uh, you know on some of these other podcasts with like Rogan and like the Weinstein brothers and stuff yeah. talked about like that hit piece that the New York Times did on him where like they barely even touched on like that concept in passing when he talked to that reporter right, and it's a just nonsense concept it's and, so and, weird sounding and i think it was Eric Weinstein that actually went to the New York Times archives and found them talking about what they like had articles about enforced monogamy in other cases um like so it, it, it's a weird concept that it doesn't actually like like it, it got interpreted as like Jordan Peterson thinks like men like we should like force women to like marry a man or something. It's very weird, and it's just it's just it like the media. I would have like a few years ago thought that like this whole like they're so leftist that like they're like oh dude crazy John Coolhane. Are the norms of marriage worth saving? On the opinions page of the New York Times from 2012. Mm And he talks about socially enforced rules, including monogamy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought about the Pakistan or the Afghanistan example, mm-hmm. right? No. Um, so enforced monogamy is actually something that would probably be um, better for women's rights in certain countries like Afghanistan because they actually like they have polygamy over there. So what happens is when you have only a, a few of the men marrying like a harem of w- wives and having a bunch of women. Part of that tribal cultural is that a lot of these men aren't going to have wives, so like they'll go out and conquer other neighboring tribes and, and regions so that they can take the wives over there. But what happens is that you have a large subset of men who don't aren't able to marry because, you know, the wives have been taken, and like these back like these you know less developed cultures end up like raping and committing sexual assault right. on a lot of the women there. Um, so like enforcement monogamy, like like is like this concept that like I, I don't know if like they referred to enforced monogamy specifically like in, in the in the the polyamorous relationships but like it would actually be more beneficial for a one-to-one ratio over there because then you won't have a lot of these like unmarried men committing sex acts or committing sex right. crimes rather um which i mean that was the whole thing about like the like the the enforced monogamy and like the original peterson quote like it was just taken way out of context. Like it was just not. Well, just it was just, just a lie. It was just yeah. very, it was very stupid. Which a lot of like the media, like New York Times and like these other institutions, they 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 seem to have like a real left 
left-wing bias because like you can read an article for five minutes about one of these guys but I'm gonna like, read, I'm gonna read then, this book but, but by this guy, John Coolhane. Okay. Um, he he. This whole article is about a socially enforcing uh, monogamous standards. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he has a blog and a book uh, mm-hmm. talking about like LGBT, LGBT rights um, and civil unions and stuff like that. So oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read this book because I, I bet yeah. you he is. I'll, I'll bet you the New York Times probably wrote a really good review about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I bet they did. That's interesting. Yeah. But like you know they uh, talking about like. You, you can read a five-minute hit piece on that guy like Peterson, but then, like, go and listen to, like, hours-long conversations he's having with some right. of these other guys. Like, I, I, I started listening to some of the ones that he was having with Eric Weinstein, and they actually get into some economic issues and deeper stuff that is really interesting. But one of the things that Jordan Peterson keeps talking about is that, like, um, you do have, a, like, the, the military basically has a bar for, like, the IQ of, of like, who they bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if, you're, if you have an IQ of 80 or below... You're you're not fit for military duty, yeah. And he kind of uses that as like a like the bar for like at what IQ level you're and below <laughs> are you not going to find a job or actually find work in the United States? Yeah. And he says that about ten percent of the population falls in that eighty IQ or below category. Um, but you you kind of which yeah I don't, think, I don't think that's really that true. I think like, it's I think it's a really dumb statement because there are actually plenty of jobs that have been done for years and years and years. I, I, I mean, by people of lower than eighty IQs. I mean, like there's a great little Bank of America video where they have a bunch of it looks like Asperger's people like doing like screen printing on shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that it, I think that those people are all people that have IQs below eighty. And uh, and they're doing just a, a fine job, and Bank of America hires them because it's a job that like they can they can give low pay to, but give these people some dignity and like you know whatever. I, I think that's totally fine. I think I think the fear is that like even that job, the screen printing, sure, that's going to be automated away. I could very well see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the problems with the society we're entering into isn't that like screen printing is going to be automated away. It's that like a lot of other high level jobs are going to be automated away. And that's like the world we're entering into. And I think that like Jordan Peterson talks about that. We got into it with like Vake this week um, about whether, or I got into it. I don't know if you did, but like I got into it with Vake about how like um, whether this is actually like something that's going to be a problem. Because I, I don't know, Dante's not here, but I think that he also thinks that this automation concern is not a really big deal. I mean, we can, he'll okay. defend that or, you know, uh, when he comes back, but um, which may never be, maybe, maybe never. If he gets the electric chair, we'll find out. Um, but like, uh, but yeah, like there's, there's a, uh, I think there's a lot of particularly libertarian types who think that this like idea that jobs are going to be automated away is like a weird government conspiracy, um, and that like we've had all these like industrial revolutions and all that, and jobs were created anew. Mm. And there's a lot of other people who say this time is different. Yeah, and I, I think on the spectrum of like the industrial revolution had no uh, no effects on jobs and like new jobs are created to the uh, this time it's different. I'm. I think I'm. I'm like sixty-five or seventy percent on the this time it's different side. Okay. Um. So, like, what? Like, could you articulate like why like this time is different? Because it's. I, I get it. Like, oh, like you can always say this time is different, and that ends up not being the case. And that, like, while we can't really foresee the creation of new jobs right now, in the past, the creation of new jobs has always been something that, like, no one could really foresee. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that so, there's a lot of, I think that, like, there there will be jobs that, like, exist in the future that, like, we would never have foreseen um, or that had never existed before, right? Like, social media job didn't exist until, like, you know, maybe 2005, 2006. 
Um, but like a lot of jobs, like um, there's just so many jobs out there that are rote and can be and can be automated away. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Like we have figured out a lot of this automation stuff. We're doing a lot of artificial intelligence where like robots can actually learn a lot of human actions. Like think about how many people it took to build a car before, mm-hmm. right? Like the goal the goal of modern society, particularly with computers, is to scale. Right, you want to take a thing that used to take thousands of people in terms of labor and turn it into a robot. And a good example of that is like McDonald's ordering. Right, I was walking at, at, by a McDonald's in, in an airport the other day, and there were like six kiosks, all of which were like robots. And then there were two people sitting there at uh, at cashiers counters. Right, mm-hmm. and this is funny because like McDonald's didn't accept credit cards until like two thousand two. Yeah, he right. Told, yeah, he told me that one. So, like, you have this institution that, like, was old school as fuck. Yeah. They didn't accept credit cards until 2002. And here we are watching them, like, replace the jobs of, like, low-income laborers with robots. Yeah. And, you know, we have Teslas that can goddamn fucking drive themselves. Why the fuck can't we have a robot flip a burger? Yeah. Like, that's not harder. That's easier. So, like, I'm looking at these jobs, and I'm like, you know what? Like, the robot computer that's taking orders, probably it probably costs McDonald's with OLED screens and, you know, everything else, electricity, everything put into it um, in terms of production, the programming time, all that. It's probably, like, two cents an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a minimum wage problem where, like, you know, people are saying, like, you know, minimum wage, you know, when you give a minimum wage, it causes people to lose their jobs to automation. It's not because, like, you're talking two cents versus, like, eight bucks mm-hmm. an hour. I don't know what it actually costs to have that computer, but I'll bet you the payoff for McDonald's is, like, a year and a half mm-hmm. or, like, maybe eight months or maybe seven months or something like that. I'll bet that's when, the, like, the payoff horizon happens. And then after that, it's, like, free money. Like, all of that is, like, like now it's less than a person at the counter would have ever cost us. I don't know what the payoff is, but I'll bet it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that just, you know, that deletes labor as a cost. You also, like, there's also, like, all these, like, you don't have to train that machine anymore. Right. You don't have to, like, you don't have to worry about the machine, like, high turnover, turnover rates. And you got to, like, labor's, like, labor's a small cost of business, right? It's not a huge cost of business, but, like, it's a small cost. But, like, let's say you're the entrepreneur in a company or, like, let's say you're not even the entrepreneur, you're an investor. You want to return as much money to the people that took the risk in that company as possible. Your goal as a business owner is to delete jobs. There's not, like, this beneficent sort of, like, charitable desire to create jobs and entrepreneurs that every, like, all these libertarians think. They're not business owners. The goal of a business owner isn't to create jobs. It's to reduce costs and to make more profits. If having people do labor produces more profits than not having people do labor, they will have people do labor. If not having people do labor produces more profits than having people do labor, that's what will happen. Mm -hmm. And we're in a world where, like, you can move to to people not doing labor as a way to make more profits. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's why it's different because the horizon is different. Like, until recently, it was cheaper to have people do labor than to not do labor. We are coming to a point in our sort of computerization uh, automation abilities where having, and, and, and like, I don't know, the number of transistors you can have on a board is at a price where it is now cheaper to have people not do labor than to do labor. And that's different than it used to be. Yeah. And that's why it's different. Very simple. Yeah. Because it's like, you got to think of like, like labor, the base of labor of these like lower skill jobs is that like you can leave one lower skill job and you can go to a job that like requires you to do very different types of labor, but that you can be brought up to speed up really quickly. Right. So like, 
the people that were like lost that like you know uh i don't know stopped fastening the harnesses on horses ended up going to work in car factories sure it was very like low-end labor but like when that all of that type of labor that doesn't require a lot of like creative like creation of new things and it's just very like routine um tasks that just need to be done over and over again you can find ways to automate that and like extract the human from that element and then here's the thing now now now, so you know like i don't extract the human like there were jobs that have been created in the past um but like i don't know how many how many people that were part of workforces lost their jobs when like new innovations came around and then just really weren't able to like fit into the workforce like those may have been like younger guys that never married and never had kids that just kind of died off and like could be maybe we don't have a lot of history historical record of it like i don't i don't know like i think we have i mean we we do though like there's there's plenty of evidence of it we've we've seen it we've seen it many times but like I, you know, I would say that maybe, maybe it's still a little bit uncertain. Um, I'll take like the fifty-fifty route of like whether like we're going to see automation do this to populations, but like I think we're going to see it pretty quickly. Like when you see these McDonald's workers, I don't know that it'll happen quickly. Truckers, I don't, I don't know how quickly it will happen, but it, it's I don't it's know how just, quickly it's going to happen. But like I don't know, like driving a truck across the country, like you only need people at like certain points. So like, sure, you know. What like what happens to these? Like we can point to specific cases of automation happening right now, and it's like okay, what's what's going to happen? Um, so it'll be interesting to see, right? And I think that that's the thing. Like libertarians, and, and not just libertarians. I think that everyone actually makes this mistake. I, I like to blame things on libertarians. That sometimes is are, are the are the fault of everybody. But th- people think that entrepreneurs want to um, want to make jobs. Mm-hmm. All right. But that's not the case. Entrepreneurs got into something to make money, and mm-hmm. and so here's the thing: you put it into like terms of like communism, and I'll, I'll do this for uh, just just for the effect of making everyone angry. But like <laughs> communism is about like owning the product of your labor, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you make you do something, and you get to take home the value of the thing that you do, right? Mm-hmm. And in communism, you know that's why they say like that's why the workers should own the factory. There's no like well, the thing that I my objection to like most communism. Uh, most communists is that they have no understanding of like risk taking, right? So like you can own your you can own your labor, but someone has to like be compensated for their risk, and your labor exists because someone took risk, and their risk is compensated in part by your labor. So like you can't own the entire value of your labor because your labor needs to go to pay someone for the risk they took. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where like communism is is for that reason real stupid. But like here's the thing, entrepreneurs take risks and want to own as much of the risk as they can. They want to be compensated as much as they can for the risk that they took. And part of that is the necessity and capitalism what's what's weird about capitalism is capitalism tries to compensate you for the price of your labor, right? In like having labor in an open market. So the, the goal of an entrepreneur is to reduce the amount of people that they're pulling in as labor so that they can take home more compensation for their risk. Mm-hmm. And that comes at a cost to the laborer. But, like, that doesn't mean that, like, less work is getting done, right? More work is getting done because it's being done by robots. So, like, you, we talk about, like, 9.8% growth uh, in economies or, you know, whatever. That comes from somewhere. That comes through more and more efficiency. That comes through better supply chains. That comes from better routing of things. That comes from, like, the mail carriers, like, you know, starting to use airplanes and, you know, whatnot. At some point, labor is a cost that has to disappear. Mm-hmm. So, like, does that happen in mass? Sure. 
I, I do. I, I actually do think, though, that like maybe Dante and Vake have a point, or like any of these people who like say that jobs are going to be created. I do think there will be jobs created, and I'm going to tell you what jobs I think are going to be created. Okay. I think everyone's going to become a player of Fortnite. <laughs> Don't tell me that eight That's people with you 80... want that job. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Like, I, you know, I, I see it. I think it's really funny. Like, video games, it's the most egalitarian kind of job that exists because you can hire yourself. You can go start playing a video game. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is that everyone who goes and hires themselves suddenly becomes, high, it becomes highly competitive to, 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 to be the best. So, like, in Fortnite, you have, like, a guy like Ninja who, like, streams... He does his thing. He plays a game all day long. It's his fucking job. He's playing a fucking video game for a job. It's awesome. He hired himself. And this is in a this is in a world filled with millions and millions and millions of people. There, and you know what's funny is in, in when you look at it, like with with Ninja or you look at me, the product of Ninja's labor is far more valuable than mine. <laughs> Every game of Fortnite he plays is worth way more than every game of Fortnite I play. In fact, I spend money when I play Fortnite. He gets paid. Mm-hmm. So, like, even in a fairly egalitarian market where you have, like, video games, anyone can hire themselves. Anyone can be employed by themselves to play a video game, which is hilarious and wonderful. Even in that market, there is this, like, disparity of income where you have, like, these top earners. How much do you think that the entirety of people playing Fortnite earn? What's the entire, like, pool of it? Maybe fifty million dollars. Maybe mm-hmm. there's maybe there's sixty million. Yeah. I think that Ninja made like seven million dollars last year, so he's getting ten percent of all of the money being paid to Fortnite players, which makes sense based on the predator distribution. Right. Yeah. Right. It happens even in places where like there's no like regulation or like you know minimum wage in video games. Right. So like you can have people playing who have eighty IQs playing video games. We can we can hire them to play like Fisher Price. Uh, uh, memory and we can pay them whatever we want to society mm-hmm. can pay like people playing fisher price memory whatever we whatever we think it's worth for them to play that game for whatever reason the entertainment value of ninja playing fortnite is seven million a year or 10 million a year whatever it is and i think that like the value of someone with an iq of 80 playing fisher price memory is going to be less um but these aren't like highly productive jobs these are jobs to keep the proletariat in, or uh, like occupied <laughs> we, we like them because they're entertaining like, yeah. that's what you move to. Like, as this happens, you move to more, like, sort of leisurely luxury activities. But, like, does that mean that, like, there's going to be, lar- like, larger population? It means communism population? was right. <laughs> Just kidding. Just <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, like, I mean, it, it's a weird socialist dystopia. Like, there's, there's socialist elements in the dystopia of, a lar- the, like, larger and larger populations of people making very little money just playing video games. Because most of the people that are going to make any money doing that are not going to be making that much money. Well, I mean, like, there and, are... Yeah, but there are jobs but, there, right? Like, someone needs to make the video games. Like, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but, like, I, I get it. Like, the, the beauty of a video game... the be- here's, here's the thing that you got to realize. Like, as we have... As we now have, like, a market for things like video games... And, and do you believe... I mean, like, I would just ask, like, Ninja plays uh, Fortnite all day. Do you think that's a job? Would you call that a job? Ooh, I guess I'd ask, like, how do we define like a, a, a job? Okay, like, that's that's interesting. But like, because I, like, because I, I, like, I feel like I feel like when we say job, we're talking about like a certain type of context versus like, oh, I, the, I earn. The definition of job has definitely changed because like over time, like at one time it was like right. you have this like corporate job and blah blah blah. Now, like then you have like the sharing economy kind of stuff. Like you can hire yourself as an Uber driver, whatever. Um, so like, the, like it's, it's generally, because like ninja is kind of like a weird type of entrepreneur in a way. Kind of, you know. What but I mean? like, but you have but, to realize, like, job has always sort of meant the thing that you make money at, mm-hmm. right? The thing that you make money at is your job. So is is playing video games a job? It might be. Okay, 
I think it probably is. I think like by that definition, it's a thing that some people make money at. Mm-hmm. When I play video games, is it a job? I don't make any money at it. Mm-hmm. But like, if playing video games can be a job, then like, I, I, I don't know. Like maybe maybe me playing it. Like it's I guess it's a hobby for which some people can have a job. Like some people can make money doing my hobby. Yeah. But it's it's a weird thing because like you can have people that are essentially employed. Like I don't know proof of work. Is that what that is? <laughs> essentially employ themselves to play video games all day, yeah. which is which is odd. They're, that's their job. So jobs don't disappear. There's an infinite amount a, of an infinite amount of people that can play video games. So yes, you're right. Jobs exist. They exist out there. Anyone can play Fortnite. What I would what kind of it's so it's so there's so much to think about there. The top video game streaming earners. I'd like to see if they like what commonality they have in terms of like because like I feel like. Like why 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 does Ninja earn that much, dude? I, the other day, because a lot of people watch him, right? But why why do people watch him? Why do why do people not watch other people? Uh, well, dude, funniest thing in the world I saw the other day was like a sob story where like Ninja was talking about his rise to fame, and it was like you know how like you're watching like basketball, and, like, and then in high school he broke his leg, and he he thought he'd never play again, and he went to the hospital and they repaired it, and now look at him as a professional. More goals than anyone ever in the history of humanity. You know, something like that, right? Like this, like, amazing story about their rise to fame. Ninjas was like, he nearly lost his eyesight. And yet today, wouldn't be able to play video games as well as he can. <laughs> it was like, this is such a different world than my parents thought. Yeah. Like, they're like don't play so many video games, you're going to lose your eyesight. Yeah. And like, Ninjas like, nearly lost his eyesight and wouldn't have been able to play Fortnite. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it like, it's a very different world. Yeah. It's a very different world. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's weird, yeah. Like I mean, it, it's. Uh. I also don't think that it's like automation. Like the, the idea of automation taking our jobs has been like I don't think this. I think the aversion to it is because it's always been so tied in politically. It's like a well, political thing because 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 it, cause it, cause it, it kind of like leads into like well what do you do when you have a lot of people that like don't have a job and right. it's like well you might have to like increase like government benefits to those people which but, is if like that gets offered as like a, a possible well, solution I don't and I don't people, think I don't think that's I don't think that like that is a possible solution but I don't think that's what gets people so angry I think it's the fact that like automation um and the 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 possibility of automation taking your jobs has been like it has been the mainstay of communist and Marxist thought. And you, you don't have to look that far. Like, go, go back to, like, the 20s. Uh, you have, like, Charlie Chaplin making videos about it. Uh, I think Metropolis uh, is largely about that sort of thing, which you then ha- ended up watching ha- when we ha- talked ha- about this. You told me about this, and I, and I looked it up, and I was like, I have to watch this. It's free on YouTube. Um, is it really? Yes. Cool. And, uh, the unedited version, you get, it's, like, two and a half hours long. It's a 1927 silent film. Guys, I've never seen a silent film before, and I love this movie. I, admittedly, I got like high as fuck before I watched it, <laughs> but then I watched parts of it like the next day, and I was like, no, I this was this is actually really like I, I wasn't just high. Um, it's a, it's it's a phenomenal film, and it, it's actually like maybe you guys have heard of it before, but it's actually one of the first sci-fi films ever created, and it influenced like sci-fi for the like the hundred like uh, up on. For, 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 it influenced sci-fi, like for for everything beyond that. It was it's one of the earliest instances of sci-fi, and it it, occur, it was like Germany had a golden age of cinema, and these guys like a, a lot of like these directors and producers ended up having to leave Germany when Hitler rose to power. But like they, they there's just scenes that they you know obviously back then it was hard to make like a cool looking movie, but like they did a good job for what they did, and the way they predicted what the future might look like was weirdly accurate or like they had well 
It, think, like, think of the part. It's interesting. Parts, it's parts it's very, show, very, very interesting. They show the city of Metropolis. They show, like, the city, and they show giant skyscrapers. They show highways with large amounts of car traffic, which the Model T wasn't out very long when this movie was yeah, made. Yeah, that's true. Like, the, the, how that's they did point. The, the robot in the movie, like, it's... it's it's weird. It, it blew my. It really. I, I love the movie. Yeah, context, I really contextually, it. it's an amazing movie. Like when you yeah. when you think about that, like the the world that it was it was portraying. Mm-hmm. It's when I when you watch it now, you look at it and be like, yeah, what's so weird about that? that that's very true, though. Well, it, you it, have to think of the context of like when yeah. the um, apparently it was really like hated when it came out because everyone thought it was very communist. Um, uh-huh. And of course, now it's like considered top hundred. So, it's so you know, hundred movies of all yeah, time. yeah, yeah, for for like, yeah. Uh, so you know the poster? Did you see the poster of it? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm guessing you did. Like it's it's a picture of like a, the robot sitting in front of like a giant skyscraper, like kind of a gold like long poster. Okay, okay, yeah. So that poster, there's only four left in existence, and the last one sold for one point two million dollars. Holy <laughs> shit! Wow. You can buy prints of it, but like yeah, the, the actual poster itself, oh, the like yeah. cinematic poster, one point two million bucks. Wow. Oh yeah, I can see that being a very rare thing. Uh-huh. He has the director that made that movie made another movie that I I want to watch. Fritz Lang or what's his name? Fritz. Yeah, I think the other movie's called M. I mean, he made a few different films, but those are considered his two best. Um, but like just like, but like you you see, but so. Spit it out. Your point was that it kind of predicted like some of this automation. Well, I'm just like like a, a lot of these 1920s movies. Like uh, Charlie Chaplin's probably the best example of it. Mm-hmm. I mean these these are things that like you know automation. Like this was this plagued the industrial revolution. Yes, that like automation was coming and was going. You know, and yet we still had like very low unemployment rates. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And it's it's led to some pretty cool jobs. And I, I think that the modern age is interesting because like you have lots of people who are willing to do things like you know make art and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think that's amazing. I think it's all great, you know. Uh, and I don't doubt that there's going to be, uh, you know, new jobs created. But I just think that, like, in 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 the goal as as entrepreneurs begin to take the computer and apply it to things that have that it has previously been too expensive to to replace humans with, um, as computing power becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, it seems obvious to me that jobs that were previously ex- too expensive to make computers do are not too expensive anymore. Like, it's, it's, it's strange to me to, to think that, like, uh, the cost of a robot, you know, to do something at McDonald's is going to be too much when you have to agree. The cost of roboting, roboting, <laughs> the cost of robotics um, is going down and down and down with the cost of, like, computers and transistors and, like, metals, whatever it is. Although maybe the, 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 the Trump aluminum uh, tariff is going to, like, change all of this. But the price of, of robotics is, like decreased Mm -hmm. the the intelligence of robotics has increased have you ever seen a tesla factory Um, the entire fucking car the entire car is made by like two robots yeah like mimicking human things they like put the like the they they shove the like seats in there just like they kind of rotate them manipulate them boom done yeah fucking amazing oh yeah i i I seem like Little clips of that. It's crazy. Right. And do you think that, like, they, do you think Tesla's doing that because, like, you know, well, well, I guess we have all this other human power that we can do, you know, have to do other things. No, they, they hire less people because of it. Mm-hmm. It takes less people to make a car. Yeah. Robotics is also, like, getting and, and, weird in Asia. And just, yeah, and, and just, do, and do not just, like, Japan fractionally doing, less. Japan's doing for the 20, is it the 2020 Olympics or 2022 Olympics? No, what are they doing? Are they, they going like, to, like, a robot a bunch of robots to help, like, people <laughs> that are in the town, like, find destinations and find areas and stuff. They have, like, a whole robot 
like ambassador program that they're working on. It'll be creepy. Which was going to be weird because if you go if you're there for the Olympics, you're going to have like robots telling you. I guess like, that's one way to deal with Me Too movement. Well, also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's like R two D two touched my butt. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but when we started figuring out how to automate the labor of things, like what, what a lot of these men that like can't get laid or just don't want to deal with women like why why not automate that that fact out? oh dude like oh like, dude, like there's, dude, dude, dude. there's gonna okay, be okay. sex spots okay okay this like, is this is something i feel like i feel like joe rogan himself wouldn't remember this um there's an old news radio about this and joe rogan was a news radio star okay and i, I really want someone to bring it up with him but yeah like there was a, a news radio uh where where news radio is taking place in the future mm-hmm. and uh matthew who's played by andy dick has this like sex robot who's like the hottest chick on the planet, <laughs> and Joe Rogan like regularly has to like do work on her and like grease her up and stuff like that. It's really yeah. fucking funny. I gotta find it, but like it's one of the funniest episodes. Um, and like I, I wonder what Joe Rogan if he even remembers it because like I, I've never heard him. He's never talked about his like news radio days on a show. I feel like I feel like it's a rule. Like are you not allowed to like bring it up on a show? Um, he has has he because I've watched I've watched a decent amount of Joe Rogan but I and I haven't oh, it's only been like the recent years you have to remember like he's been in this podcast for some time and yeah. early in the early days like he may have talked about it more I, because I do, it was fresher if you if I don't you, know I don't because know when he first started that thing the only sponsor he had was the flashlight yeah and everybody got him so funny and they'd go over and like all those guests would just go over to his house and like hang out that's like, right. in his house and they'd all get a free fl- flashlight really yeah oh, I don't remember that that's funny but I, I haven't watched that show for that very long but if, early on it was like a lot of his comedian friends news, and stuff news right? radio and, and the actors and like news radio would be there and stuff but then what happened was that like guys like Sam Harris would like come on the podcast like from like like years and years ago like show up to his house and like so he started getting that's those great. Like, intellectual people. I think he's just well, always done things that he's interested in. Though that's just how he yeah. That's how I remember like news radio happened. I loved news radio. It was like my favorite show in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Favorite. I loved liked, it. I remember that. Show. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I've seen every episode of news radio. And uh, and and Joe was like Bill a mainstay. Yeah, it. yeah. Whose wife shot him? Yes. And then he was replaced <laughs> by uh, like uh, what's his name? Max in the show. Uh, God damn it! Oh, I don't. It was, I feel like it was so. It was like dude. It, it's like Phil Hartman's like best friend. Oh. Um. God damn it! Max from news radio was played by. Do 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 do. God. Uh. What's his fucking name? People listening are like, oh. well, they're they're all googling it too. But like, yeah, God damn it, I, I'm not seeing it. Well, because right that 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 whole show had a few people on it, cast wise. Andy Dick's their character too. Like oh, he, oh, Andy Dick was so funny. Well, he was funny. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was is, actually how he was. Oh yeah, he's like a weird, bi, aggressive sex guy. Right. <laughs> With like weird drug and alcohol problems. Like that guy's like that guy's like the horror of Hollywood. Right. <laughs> um Those were let's see. Ray Romano was on news radio? Oh, he was he was Ray Romano was originally cast to play Joe, but instead Joe Rogan got it, according to the Wikipedia. Which is funny. Joe Rogan was oh. Joe on News Radio. And I always knew him, yeah. like I saw him, and then like when News Radio was done. Uh, he did X Factor, like Fear or, uh, Factor, Fear Factor yeah. for years, and I, like it had been, it was the first time in like ten years I'd seen him. Yeah, and I was like, what? Who? The, what? He's back, and like doing this, like he must be like hard up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like doing like carnival cruises or something like that. Um, let's see. Okay, Max John Lovitz. That's it. John Lovitz played Max uh, in his radio yeah. to replace Phil Hartman. 
Um, and it was fucking funny as, as, as all get out. Yeah. Um, I think John Lovitz actually did uh, a tryout for SNL with, with uh, Phil Hartman, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like a, yeah. a show. You can watch their, like, their tape where they, uh, they like, riff off each other, mm-hmm. um, like their audition tape. And it's, it's very, very funny. Huh. But, they, yeah, like Phil Hartman and, and him were, like, very good friends. So when he replaced Phil Hartman, I remember watching. I was like, who the fuck is this? This is going to be terrible. I didn't know who John Lovitz was because, you know, I was a child. And, uh, and it was just, he was great. He was an absolutely excellent replacement. Although, like, Phil was, I miss Phil. Yeah. Yeah. But Joe Rogan did that. And then, like, he started doing the, the uh, uh, Fear Factor. The fucking, not the Fear Factor. UFC. The UFC stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, this guy, what a weirdo. Like, he went from being on a comedy show mm-hmm. to, like, UFC, like, boxing matches. Yeah. Like, after being, this, being on the show where people eat cockroaches. Like, this guy is like, he's hard up. Yeah. And then he makes a return doing a podcast, and I love him. He's great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Do you, do you know Do you know when I first... Because I, I remember the Fear Factor and all that other stuff, but like in, when I was in college, I heard this video of him on a show, and it may, have been, it may have been from his podcast, and he talks about DMT for the first time. Yeah. Where he's like, DMT is like the craziest drug you'll ever take. <laughs> he's like, I, I broke down all of the world into like... Like it, it's just, it's it's this funny rant. That's like kind of DMT. Yeah, and then and then like years later, I was like, you know, you start listening to it more and more. And, but yeah, he's great. I mean, he's uh he has a great show, and I think more people listen to his podcast than you think. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think and that like I mean, I I see people all the time listening to it that I like never would have expected to, and they're being like they're being exposed to ideas that I think generally they wouldn't, and that's why Trump's mm. going to win the next election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, 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 I think that's stuff like everything is. Man, oh man, I, I just, I, I really have liked his show a lot, um, because like the anti, like the anti-Trump sentiment is like still very prevalent. Like, like people in the oh, left, yeah, dude. like, have not let up. Oh on... man, okay. I was, I was at a table the other day, okay. and, and I was, uh, I was sitting at that table, talking. Just, just they, they started talking politics, and uh, and and someone made the statement. He goes, "No one at this table voted for Trump." And I looked around the table and like quickly like assessed. <laughs> <laughs> assessed like the mood of the table and yeah. I, I look I go I, it was a table of seven people I said at least three people at this table voted for Trump yeah and afterwards like three people came up to me and told me that they voted for Trump <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I was like yeah like there's this presumption that nobody that voted for Trump exists mm-hmm. but like Dante's not the only one who voted for Trump yeah yeah although you might think so <laughs> I don't know, um, but like, uh, but yeah, like there. Well, I think a lot, a lot of people of are going to vote for him not because they think he's, he's still a good he's president. popular. I think it's because it's like they don't like the alternative. Yeah. Well, plus they see all, all the people that like are like, oh fuck Trump and like these like leftist types. They, I'm very curious. This they just want election, them to freak out more. This next election is like, going. Yeah, they they love that. That's the only that's thing. Like, it doesn't matter right, what Trump does fucking does vote for him again. Do. All right. It's it's oh, can we piss everybody off more? Like, Peace in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> That'll piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's how Trump's running his presidency, too. I realized this, this week. I was like, you know, the thing is that the only thing that Trump has to do to get, like, reelected is prove that he's not a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like, the left, the, the left uh, like, the Democrats have set the lowest bar mm-hmm. in the world for him to, like, jump over. Right. Like, oh, I'm not a Nazi. Like, oh, well, I guess he's not a Nazi. So he's like, you know, I guess that, that was their criticism. Yeah. Because that's, like, the entirety of the criticism. Well, he's a Nazi. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, you know, he's not. So I guess he's fine then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like, a very low bar that he has to cross. I think he gets, a, I think he gets reelected by, like, an insane amount. Yeah. Which is funny because that is not what I thought when he got elected originally. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know. Um, okay, so what's a stable coin? You thing? thought he was going to be out within a year. Oh yeah, dude. I thought that. I thought. I really did. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I could totally like. It I made perfect like, sense. Like I, yeah. he was so fucking abrasive and was saying the stupidest shit. Oh yeah. And he, I mean, he he still is saying stupid shit, but it doesn't matter. I, I fu- I, look, I fully <laughs> I fully embrace the like, entertainment value of the Trump presidency. Yeah. I honestly like. I think that I think he's bringing a lot of commerce to the United States. And by commerce, I mean comedy. And I think that, like, I think that we need that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, like, he himself has, like, increased the GDP uh, of, like, uh, the U.S. by, like, 25%, I feel like, just by, like, being is fucking funny. Like, yeah. think, of the, think of the comedians who now have jobs. Like, he's a job creator. Oh, yeah. Uh, the news shows that now have jobs. Like, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Roseanne Barr. There's a great example. Oh, the yeah. whole Roseanne show exists because of Trump. Yeah, and, and or and, did until well, she said something. Well, now they have to replace her. Yeah, well, but they're going to keep it going. Yeah. So thanks Trump for the Roseanne Barr show. Yeah. And like all sorts. Of, I mean, like he is a job, a, a job creator, like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And it's all comedy, mm-hmm. all of it. CNN, they're a comedy. They're like uh, competing with Comedy Central now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these all these uh, channels. So what's this uh, stablecoin? John Taylorback stablecoin. Yeah, there's. I don't know why I put it this at this point. Um, John Taylor, <laughs> well, yeah, after all the all the like non Bitcoin stuff. Like, <laughs> by the way, guys. Uh, by, by the way, well, John Taylor is apparently like a like fairly known economist that was even like considered to succeed Janet Yellen. Okay, and he's just advising, which doesn't make a whole. But he's advising some uh, company called Basis, which <laughs> is creating a Basis stablecoin. Um, I mean, I think I saw this article in FT, and I think you have like more of these stable coin things coming around. I don't know. It's just, I, dude, it's just I, they were kind of like, why the fuck is this guy endorsing like a stable coin idea? Um, I don't know. It's like a weird thing that's happening. Dude, we've seen this a lot though. Like who was, who was one last, uh, Fisher? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. It was fucking like this, this is, or uh, Scholes. Scholes. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, Scholes here's, doing but it. here, here, here's the thing, John Seth, like, the category of like real economists, like the academic economists, like I, I guess, a guy like him would would fit into that category. Yes. Are, are, now they're getting into blockchain. Apparently, so they're, they're getting so stupid. Like, yeah. I think it's when they're like they're like advising like these like, well, okay, fine, I guess I gotta get into blockchain. Like, why are they like they just got here? Yeah. This is the same mistake everybody makes. Well, everybody makes. They're like, okay, okay, I've looked at this thing. It, it looks odd, uh, but I I think I can make recommendations based on it, even though I know nothing about it. Yeah. It's just, it's mind blowing to watch like economists who like won Nobel prizes falling into this fucking trap, which is hilarious. Well, like, what's he going to do? Advise them on how to set up an algorithm <laughs> to like make a global currency? Right. Like Bitcoin did that. It's yeah. weird. It it's strange. It's not stable, but it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And it's weird. I don't know. I think I think I even thought that like the like these certain economists that understand how money works better than most people would like come here and not do the same mistakes. Well, everybody okay. does. Everybody does. There's no, there's no safe ground for somebody new to everybody Bitcoin and not does. be a fucking moron. And, okay. Money's really like, fucking hard. Money. <laughs> like the thing. Okay. Money is a set of IOUs. All right. From the top to the bottom, mm-hmm. the government sells treasuries, taking essentially selling loans, right? Um, getting loans. Right. And, and, and so now they owe somebody. With that money, they create money. All right? With with what they owe, they create money, mm-hmm. value. And then that value is distributed based on IOUs. It's IOUs all the way down. Mm-hmm. The purpose of money is as a tracking system 
for value. Mm-hmm. Who has the most of it, right? That's the purpose of it. You need to track IOUs. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing thing that we've sort of iterated to. IOUs are things that have always existed, but money is the coolest way to like basically maintain that ledger of IOUs. Mm-hmm. Now, Bitcoin comes along. It's the same shit. It's amazing because the way Bitcoin works is rather than like an IOU to like a foreign government, it's an IOU to like an electric company, which you then, you know, you can pay your, your bill with. You can mm-hmm. pay your bill to the electric company. So there's an IOU there as well. And the electric company is mining from the earth and like essentially giving an IOU to the earth, right? So like you have an IOUs to the – it's like IOUs to like mother earth. It's amazing. And like that's – Bitcoin's amazing because it's like basically replicated this kind of interesting and neat infrastructure. And it's a system of IOUs. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect? No. But it's amazing. You can't like a stable what, – like what's, what's the goal here? Like a stable coin is going to be like created from thin air or something like that uh, for the purpose of like managing IOUs. We have that already. That's called a dollar. Yeah. Like we don't need crypto for that. If you want crypto for it, use Tether. Yeah. Well, or if you just – I don't know if you can have multiple Tethers, different types of Tether, tether implementations. Why not? Go, go, I mean, go well, implement other Tethers. Well, They're well, gonna, why, not, why not put the wand and all the other different currencies that exist on, on – on, on blockchain. Do whatever just, the fuck you want. But like it, to create a whole new thing is, right. like, is, is really dumb. Well, it's, it's, they're going to have to create a, a whole new, like, what are they like proposing? They're going to create a whole new financial system. Right. Like Bitcoin did that. You don't mm. need to do that again. And like, why? Cause you want a stable coin. You have them. They're called dollars. They can be transmitted in a T three or T two or T one, depending on the regulations transaction. Mm-hmm. And they can be done bank to bank. We got a stable currency. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to develop this on Bitcoin in a way that is different than, like, the Fed. What it, like, how is this going to work? Are they going to sell treasuries? Are they going to, like, let a market decide on the interest rates? Like, I can think of a few ways to do this, and they're all really stupid and are going to break down in ways that these people are not going to be able to foresee. Mm. Yeah. But I can foresee them because I'm the Lord. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> this lemonade stand shit. Oh, dude, that's so fucking funny. Um, there was some viral thing on this, like, lemonade stand. Well, like, a little girl running a lemonade stand getting stopped by the cops. Yeah, and, like, being asked if, like, she had a permit for... <laughs> of course. Yes, yeah. You know, it, I, I can't wait till the day that, like, a little girl, her dad, like, wants to teach her business, so he, like, takes her down to the courthouse, gets her a permit, <laughs> and, like, and then, like, th- this whole fight ensues, and she has a little permit there. Like, yeah. that'll be great. <laughs> that'll be absolutely excellent. Yeah, and then under under her permit, she starts a uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. Every little girl in that town who wants to do a, a lemonade stand has to operate under her permit. <laughs> yeah, and and that'll be her like entrepreneurial <laughs> venture. This this for me like this is the quintessential entrepreneurial opportunity for a little girl or little boy. Uh, <laughs> go get a permit and sell it to other license license it to all the like <laughs> lemonade stand vendors in town. I think I think that that will be just a great opportunity. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or incidentally, you could get a permit and then sue uh, the little girl across the street who has a license, who has, a, who has an unlicensed lemonade stand. Are unlicensed lemonade stands? Are, is that how you turn your kid into a drug dealer? <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's like you're selling unlicensed lemonade, like an unlicensed like pharmacist, right? Because you can teach them like to sell things, but right. If you don't teach them the proper, they're gonna have to sell things when they need to be licensed. Or, yeah, or something. Gonna... Right? Like, is that like, like, look, like teaching you're... them dart market sales of right? That's what's going on. Juice like, you're of, teaching of them to beverages. buy heroin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's this this little girl was selling lemonade, and some lady it walks up to them. Lemonade. Right. And then little she goes, "Lemonade's the gateway, uh, the, the gateway <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurial the gateway opportunity." Drugs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, 
But you said that like this law firm did like this viral campaign where they said that they would represent any like lemonade stand in the country. Was that a law firm or was that a lemonade stand or a lemonade company saying that they would establish a law? Oh, firm? it was a lemonade. I'm sorry, you're right. It was a lemonade company, which I was like, that's a great thing because people are going to buy that lemonade to do the lemonade. Like it was almost like a weird, like they were offering the legal team right. to represent little kids that are looking to open up lemonade stands in the neighborhood. Right. Um, which is a great campaign for... Uh, Dude, there's all these pages here. Like, there's a How to Start an LLC. Um, there's a page at .com, how to start an LLC.com. Yeah. How to Start a Lemonade Stand. <laughs> like, very, like, it's very specific. Getting started, growing your business, useful links, earning potential. There's going to be some fucking kid that's going to be on Shark Tank. Who is, like, this, who is this business right for? Anyone who's looking for a business that's easy to own, maybe interested in operating a lemonade stand. Lemonade stands have low costs and are easy to run, yet they can be quite profitable. For these reasons, they appeal to entrepreneurs of all ages. <laughs> From kids to retirees. I look at it like, hey, <laughs> would you like me to pour you some lemonade? <laughs> well, like, an old man. Old... It's an old Jewish man. Yeah. Hey, what's the lemonade? Do you want some lemonade? I have a lemonade stand. <laughs> I here. swear it's not from my my colostomy bag. Oh <laughs> god. Uh, it looks like urine I know. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. It's um, but yeah, like uh yeah, I I think this is a legit thing. Like I, I like I like that as a that's a hilarious marketing opportunity though. I'm glad they took it. Mm-hmm. The lemonade stand lawyers, is that what they're called? What are they called? Do we know? I don't know. I can't actually find it. It's a lemonade company starts a law firm. Well, because, um, like, I, you, you reminded me of it, but, and I actually think I remember seeing this. This was, like, a few weeks ago. But, like, what's crazy, too, is, like, you you also had, like, some case of, like, a girl selling water in San Francisco, and then, like, this woman went viral because, like, she was bitching about it and called the cops on her. Dude, where, where are the fucking libertarians on this? This is where they need to protest. Get your kids. Yeah. Have a lemonade standoff. <laughs> have them all go outside. Every, on, on like a, a certain day, I think you should get your and, kids to sell Bitcoin right. on the street. Well, you could do that too, like, <laughs> like, like local local Bitcoin for kids. Yeah, and just like start using your kid to like like meet with like local uh, Bitcoin Junior, like like Jaraqua. <laughs> <laughs> J- 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 yeah. He meets him on the corner, gives him his Bitcoin. Guy like I need Bitcoin right now. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like that's a great that's that's a free range child uh, idea right there. <laughs> I like that. But I just like why not why not like have like all of the kids in a town that's insisting on like you know having licenses for selling uh, for selling lemonade stands have your kids go out and do lemonade stands and get them all arrested. It would be hilarious. Yeah. It would be like like d- d- Donald Trump would be in your town in like three minutes, like calling your mayor retarded. <laughs> like what kind of idiot mayor? Puts children in in jail, you fucking idiot. Get them out. You know what he'll do? Donald Trump will like will issue pardons for the entire town. <laughs> All of the children will have presidential pardons. It will be the funniest thing ever. Yeah. I think I think that's if I were Donald Trump, that's the kind of opportunity I would take. Yeah. Also, I would free all the black people. Uh, who have oh uh, yeah you no, know yeah no, nonviolent drug crimes on the record? <laughs> I would like the October. We're all waiting for the October surprise, like Hillary Clinton or whoever he's going to run against. Probably has like uh, some person he's raped or something like that, and they're going to release it like the week before. If I were Donald Trump, I'd be like right after that. My chess move would be to release every uh, nonviolent drug criminal uh, in America, just like yeah. with a swipe of a pen, and he will like hands down win like every single person in every single low income neighborhood will vote for Trump. Yeah, and then also release all the kids who are in jail for running lemonade stands. That's the other thing you could do, and he'll win the election. Oh yeah, guaranteed. All the vote. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like that's oh, what I, I think that's a great protest that they should run. Put all of your children into like the streets, 
have them run lemonade stands, get them arrested, you know, like do the whole gamut. I think this will be just, it'll be great. And they'll be well fed in jail. It'll just be school now because all I the kids will be there. to libertarians <laughs> like get pulled. Like, oh, they, they like get the their kids to say, I'm like, <laughs> or they get their kids to say, I'm a sovereign citizen. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> <laughs> I am not owned by the man. <laughs> That's cute, kid. I'm going to arrest your dad. <laughs> I like watching those videos. You know, like on, on the one hand, I enjoy watching people be disrespectful to cops, <laughs> which is bad. I like cops. They're fine. Whatever. I like, I like watching it because it's, it's like a fight, you know. Um, but I also like people who are being disrespectful to cops. I like watching the cops take them down and tackle them. And like, just, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, it's, 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 more like, it's more like watching boxing. Uh-huh. And like you're wondering who's going to win. Yeah, it's like it's like boxing where like one party is severely deficient of resources <laughs> and like actual rights in the scenario, but wants to assert the rights that they don't have. And the other side is like, like, dude, I'm just going to arrest you or not. So like, it's completely up to the cop how that interaction goes. Yeah, and they're they're very funny. They're very funny. Yeah, those are great videos. Yeah, there's like subreddits full of them. Too. I dude, I, the, bad cop no donuts is is <laughs> where you want to go if you want to get really angry. But there's a number of like subreddits where they like find examples of like. People who think that they're, you know, doing that and, like, it goes badly for them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fucking hilarious. Uh, speaking of subreddits, just want everyone to know my, my favorite is Public Freakout. That's, that's oh, I love word. Public Freakout. That's, that's great. great. That's What's like my a, guilty pleasure. Pussy Pass Denied is another great one. Oh, yeah. I love that one. I haven't looked at that one in a long time. God, Speaking but, of Pussy Pass Denied, <laughs> the women breaking barriers in crypto. Did you see this? Is you it, sent me some shit about, like, these women getting interviewed about, like, how there's, like, not many women in... in the blockchain cryptocurrency space, dude. They're all and all these all these women are like, I'm getting me mine. It's like, <laughs> wow, yeah. Like like a lot of the messages like women got to get into crypto before men get all the money. Yeah, which I think is hilarious because you're late. We already got it. Yeah, we already got it. Well, we were here. We were very open to anybody coming in. Because anybody we, could we, come. We were. What, we told everybody about it. We were like, hey, we're we're into Bitcoin. It's great. What, it, and all the girls and all the all these people. But mostly women were like, oh, that's lame. That's that's gay. Uh, I don't know if My any boyfriend's out there, way too in this Bitcoin thing. I'm leaving him. He's so uh, stupid. If, if any man's ruined their first date with a girl by telling them way too much about Bitcoin. Oh, I, yeah. Raise your I hand. Raise your oh, hand. Yeah, that's like, raise your that's hand. Like, that's I did like, that. That's like at least five percent of Bitcoin guys, because yeah. the rest haven't gotten dates. But, uh, but at least five percent of Bitcoin guys have done that exact same thing. Oh yeah. And it, I think it's funny. I'm, I'm I'm watching these things, and I'm like, all the women are like, yeah, we we don't want to miss the opportunity again to get rich. Otherwise, this you know, we we like the, the men will get all the money again. I'm just like, I'm just watching. Like you, you are eight years too late. Yeah. It, this is amazing to me to watch this. I mean, most people are eight years too late, but like, you know what? Some risk takers were here a long time ago and women are right. Men made Bitcoin extremely uncomfortable for them, but it wasn't like through misogyny. It was through like fart jokes mm-hmm. and like uncomfortable, nerdy, like inability to like discuss things in a way that like makes you a socialite. Yeah. Like that's how it was made uncomfortable. Not bros. Bros weren't here. Fraternities weren't here, except in one instance uh, where I heard a fraternity had a ton of Bitcoin because they were buying things in the dark market. That's neither here nor there. But like fraternity bros weren't here originally. Right. They were nerds and geeks and weirdos. And we like we're, obs- we're, we're obsessed with Bitcoin because it's like the most crazy thing <laughs> that's ever happened. It's like it, it's very interesting. Yeah. And like we came in maybe because we thought the value would go up. But, like, right. We stuck around because it was really interesting. And do you know how many? And, do you know how many women over the years have been like, "My boyfriend's way too into this." Like that was an opportunity for you to get into it, but you didn't. Right. You didn't. And now that 
you see more money into it. You see how there is money in it. Not, how many old girlfriends have like contacted you since like Bitcoin went up? Um, I because think, I bet I bet it's a lot. <laughs> I've come across a couple girls over the because uh, like, made comments about like oh I remember you like with. A very different demeanor. Girls that were not interested at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, girls can come to Bitcoin. It's just fine. Yeah. But, like, stop pretending like any guys kept you out. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Um, you also, like, what, what do you think about the idea that, like, if the more women kind of come into this, kind of suggests that, like, Bitcoin has been de-risked to a certain extent? Because, like... That's what I think. I was like, okay, so it's it's getting yeah. de-risked. It's so it's so de-risked that you think it's now time to come in and, and, and like jump into the risky thing. Yeah, like it was it, like this is not the risk it used to be. Right. You no longer have the risk of like getting arrested because you own it. Mm-hmm. You, you know that was the thing that people were worried about back then. You no longer have the risk of like this thing going to zero like it was back in like 2011. Mm-hmm. It it could still, but like seems like everyone kind of is, like, here and adopting it and at least, like, playing with it. I don't think it goes to zero. Like, you don't have that same risk that, like, people were afraid of in the early days of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's largely been de-risked. Yeah. Welcome to Bitcoin, ladies. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know well, what to tell you. Even, even, even in, like, the decade before Bitcoin. We were when you all had the we rise were begging of te- you to when come. When you had the rise of computers and the Internet, like, you, you had a lot of uncertainty. I think for young people, you had a lot of uncertainties in what their career opportunities would look like if you got into tech. Here's my other and, thing. And then, and then within the last decade or so, you've had more women saying there's not enough women yeah. in tech and wanting to come in when it's kind of been de-risked because you know that, like, a pursuit in programming or, or in tech is actually can be pretty. Here's what really, it. really bothers me about the women that are coming into Bitcoin now. Mm-hmm. There have been women here for years. Years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And these women are so fucking disrespectful to those women. Because those women, the ones that have been in Bitcoin the longest, are goddamn prostitutes and strippers. And they're the people that these women loathe. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that were here first. Yeah, they were. The, don't tell me that men kept you out. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Men had plenty. There were plenty of women in Bitcoin. And all that, like, all that I hear now is that Bitcoin is so much for the bros that the Bitcoin party, the after party at the Miami uh, Bitcoin uh, conference oh, yeah. was at a strip club. Oh, well, yeah. ladies, guess what? All of the women at that strip club have used and done more in Bitcoin than you have. Mm-hmm. So that is actually, weirdly, an appropriate place to have a Bitcoin after party. Yeah. Hate to say it. Yeah. But you don't know that because you're new. Yeah. And you're judgy. Yeah. And we like strippers. Um, okay. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding. But uh, Cody Wilson. Did you see this? No, I did not see this. What's, um, so what's going here? So I didn't know the entire story, but you know you know what he's been doing with Defense Distributed? Well, I knew that he was doing like the, 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 the 3D printing gun stuff. Right. So there was a battle that I guess has been going on for some time. I didn't really realize it was making its way through the courts. That whether or not he can release the files that they have for... I guess like their designs. This is amazing. Printed vehicle. Guns. Oh my god. Okay, but here's the thing. So the so, like the court said, yeah, you can go ahead and publish. What did they, they say? They this won. is free speech. Yeah, of course it is. And well, what did the government think? Just, here's the other thing too. Think of the administration thing going on with gun rights right now. A lot of it, I think, had. To, I think, I think the current administration may have had an effect here on this case. Um, Could have, despite the backlash against against guns. Uh, you have like these certain like political tiny footballs that don't necessarily come from the top directly, but like this was a case that like the free speech advocates and and like Second Amendment advocates wanted. Like this looks favorable to have passed. So like 
I think within the next month or so, like defense distributors are going to like have their a lot of this like these open source files to download various. They they have a bunch of gun designs parts. There's other. Some of these exist online already. Most of these are on the dark market, I guess, where you can find these. But I don't know. Like I was thinking about this. I was like, so if this actually goes through legally, like, can you imagine like the innovations that may happen in like the gun? area and like the 3d printing manufacturing because 3d printing has been one of those technologies that like people have been like claiming for a while but like i haven't seen a lot of like uses well a lot of these 3d printing things like they're like the guns as i understand it like they're brittle right the materials for 3d printers Mm -hmm. so i think the guns are like single use or like very limited use guns they're not like they do have have some more expensive 3d printers that will do like metal i think yeah but it's still pretty brittle yeah. Okay. So I mean, that, that like I think brittleness is like a, a a big problem right now in 3D printing. That's why like you don't go to production with 3D printing. But yeah. like I think a lot of these guns, they're like plastic parts and stuff like that. They're not made for like long term use. Mm-hmm. So like you, you have like if if you think an AR-15 is for killing people, what about a gun that's only got like you know one use in it? Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. Um. And and like it, but it does prove that you can't really regulate this. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry guys. Yeah. Guns exist. Yeah. Which like, is maybe frustrating for well, people. I don't know. But, I mean, like, they exist. I mean, I guess that is kind of, like, what is the thing to th- think here. Like, you can't ban guns anymore. Like, no. There's, like, there's a huge... And th- the gun market is such a huge market. There's so many people that are into guns and stuff. I get it. I Like, I get the desire to. And I, I, I even, like, understand, like, maybe the desire to, like, ban certain kinds of guns. And I, I don't know that I have a problem with it. I don't know exactly what I think about, like, gun legislation. But, like... God damn it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you can say to the fact that, like, you can just print a gun off of a, you know, like a, like a little plastic maker. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's pretty difficult for me to see, like, a world in which you can, like, put that genie back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it had to be released. Well, like, what are they, like, what are they, what are they thinking? Like, it's, first of all, it's free speech. Second, like, holy hell. Like, if, if you don't release it to the public, it's going to be released. It's, it's, they're just gun plans. Like, anyone could make them. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's completely ridiculous to think that, like, people aren't going to get their hands on these or that they won't make them themselves. Yeah. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure to see if there's, like, some, like, startup ideas behind some of this, some of these designs and, like, making some of these things. Sure. Which is funny because, like, the defense distributed is in Austin and, like, Texas and Florida both are, like, big states with big gun cultures. Do we have... Like, I feel like Silicon Valley wouldn't want to touch this, but, right. like, there's a lot of other... Like, Someone will. Like, like, yeah. like the, the, the gun valley is going to start up in, like, gun South Tex- Texas yeah. on the border. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have an update on uh, BitConnect. Oh, I, this was, I, like, one of those things I, I that like I saw, this. and I was like... I hope it's true. Um, I don't hope it's true, but it might be true. Apparently, the director, who... I didn't know he was named, first of all. Yeah. Um, and I actually forgot to read the entire thing. But his wife went... <laughs> His, his wife went missing. Yeah. Um, BitConnector's director's wife missing. Um, and I think they're not really sure if it was a murder John, or John if it was Bigaton. A, but John Bigaton of Australia. That's the guy that who was like the top dog in this thing or right. one, of the, one of the head top. And apparently his wife's missing. It may have been murder. It may have been suicide, which is sad. But we now have a name and we have more information about who is behind BitConnect. Right. Which I thought was interesting because like... We we have we have a lot of great memes from BitConnect, but we haven't. You know. So many great memes. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I, like I, I think this is. I mean, it's sad, but like, holy hell! Like, uh, what what did you expect? It says that he's under investigation by the FBI, so there is pursuit against him for. Well, you know, they have two Indian guys that were in possession of his keys or her keys, apparently, like like a week after her death, after her car was like found on the edge of a cliff. Huh. Which is interesting. I wonder how they got the keys. Did they have like cell, like you know, were they emitting a signal? 
Yeah. They, just, they search everybody in Australia for like car keys. <laughs> like, how the fuck did they find car keys on like two guys? It's a weird case. Yeah. The whole thing is strange. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Not as strange, however, is Haiti uh, really working to become a better country. They're becoming so, such so, a better country. No, they are. <laughs> Haiti realized Haiti realized that they they need to do some work, so they just they're burning their country down right now. It's so <laughs> no, someone told me this. So, 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 someone, someone said to me, they go, "Have you heard about the protests in Haiti?" And I go, "Are they burning their own country down again?" And they go, "Yeah." How did you know? I was like, "Well, of course, well, it's Haiti." Haiti. <laughs> what did, they what had, did you expect? They, they announced higher gas prices, and the people re, the people reacted to becoming more in poverty by putting themselves more in poverty. Of course, they did. Which, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. Like when you're bur- <laughs> when you have nothing and you burn everything down. Like, yeah. Like the country, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, well, they have a habit of doing it, but it's, it's amazing. A, to me. It's such a cultural thing that it's like, yeah, the wonder you guys. Are that's curious. why. That's why their. That's why their biggest export for years was charcoal, <laughs> <laughs> which is not false. That is true. Yeah, it was the charcoal. It's yeah. like they burned their whole forest down to make charcoal, <laughs> and and now they're like out of that resource, so they have to like find charcoal elsewhere. Like so, like in in their in their homes. <laughs> Is the part of the cookies? <laughs> Why are you burning it? There's charcoal in the walls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not that funny though. Um, well, it's I mean, it's yeah. sad, Sean. <laughs> On a final note, Justin Trudeau, yeah, has, has been me too. He has been me too. Well, oh kind, my god, yeah, but dude, like, this is the most credible me too I've ever seen. But this didn't gain that much traction. I know that because it's Trudeau. They know that they can't eat their own, right? They're, well, they're trying not to eat their well, own. Well, they they're trying. They're not trying to. really hard. But this came close. He is accused of doing things when he was like groping an eighteen-year-old, or really groping a woman when he was eighteen. He, sorry, that was that, that was a new one then. It says he denies groping female reporter eighteen. Years oh, okay. Ago. So that was okay. Eighteen years ago. Years ago. Um. So uh, I mean, that was stupid. it. Was dude. It was. It, it's. It's the most amazing story. Like he's at a party and he like makes an advance on on this girl, and then he he reportedly said after she like mentioned that she was uncomfortable, he reportedly said, "I wouldn't have been so forward had I known that you were a reporter for a national news outlet." <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, but like now he's prime minister. Yeah, well, but like all, all every man, like all of these guys that are like in the in, in the public have, like I don't know, like you're just a, let me you're, let me tell you, you're a guy that's gonna like do things. Let me tell you what's funny about the Trudeau one. All okay. right, so like there a lot of these like a lot of these like uh, Me Too stuff. Um, when I hear about them, they're like, oh yeah, back in the eighties, he came up to me and he said, you're very pretty and. Uh, then he tried to like ask me out or kiss me or something like, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, like in the eighties, things were a little different. Like it doesn't make it right, but like whatever. Um, it was, it was like a different time. And like in the nineties, he never did that or never would have done that because it was a different cultural like sort of context and, and we changed, right? Walking up to a female reporter and groping her has always been wrong. <laughs> it's it's yeah, like sure. there's not a time in history when we'd be like, yeah. It's like that has always been wrong ever since like the 80s. Yeah. Like when he was a kid, it was wrong. And then when he was an adult, it was wrong. It's yeah, always been wrong. That's true. There's never a time when you could point to like, oh, culturally, like that was acceptable back in like, I don't know, never, mm-hmm. never. Benjamin Franklin probably couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that guy was like a, a whoring like motherfucker. Yeah. So like, Kind of like you. Yeah. We're kind of talking about, like, so today we talked about Peterson and, like, the Me Too thing. Like, where do you, I don't know, any any thoughts about, like, where this goes? Because, like, when Trudeau starts getting. I, I've, I've always at, said it. They have to eat their own. Yeah. 
like I, I get it. Like there, there's like real examples of like uh, of of abuse that need to be dealt with, you know, and uh, and they should be dealt with. But like I don't know. Like I, I see I see it coming from like a group of factionalists who eat who who have who have always been separatists, mm-hmm. and it, it's a political movement at this point. It's not like a female empowerment movement. It, it looks to me like a political movement. Mm-hmm. So like it has to end up doing what politics do and eat its own. Mm-hmm. Has to. Yeah. So I don't like I wouldn't be surprised if it continues if we continue on this trajectory like there's a strong possibility in my mind that like the me too movement like starts you know self accusing and, mm. and imploding in that way and that's that's uh I don't know I mean like look it started in Hollywood I've said this before like everyone knew that Hollywood was like rife with this crap mm-hmm. like I was told as a kid it was um so like why is it a surprise to everybody that it is yeah right like I don't know. It that blows my mind that like we're dealing with this now, and like I was like, well, I don't get it. You know, like what did you think that Roman Polanski was the only one in Hollywood who was like a, a, a weird creepo? <laughs> it, it wasn't. Like, come on, yeah. like it's like, it's been everybody. It's like this is the culture of Hollywood. They make movies about it. Yeah. So, anyhow, I think that's everything today. Yeah, that was that last part. Uh, Justin Trudeau was Bitcoin related, of course. In my mind, everything's Bitcoin related. <laughs> I think a lot. It was weird today. We did a, like some you know mix of news, Bitcoin, crypto, a lot of the Bitcoin stuff being at the beginning, which is unusual because usually we don't we bury the lead uh, on Jensen's world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Can Four. Oh yeah, if you want to see me, well, and if you want to maybe talk to me, I'm on. Uh, Telegram, we're in our little Ethereum Plus Ethereum Coin Plus Dojo. Coin Dojo. Okay, yeah. I'm John Seth. I'm in the same place as Sean. Well, not quite the same. No. Well, well, not on camp. Do you want to be? You want to be? <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm also in the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo. New job opportunities. What's that? New, new jobs. Created. That's right. See? Vake is right. I'm telling you. There are new jobs being created every day. Just take your like, do you know out. how many people can be camboys? <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Vake, you can be a camboy too if you know. That's actually not a bad point. You're, if, you're, if you you're, end up being automated away, your medical career gets automated. Right. Away. If if it gets automated away, I think Sean has a job for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it ain't playing Fortnite. It's a better job. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, I'm Johnson chunking up the deuce in the south of masses, and I go in peace. Saint Catherine, pray for us. <laughs>